Hello and welcome to Everyday Eternal number 125, your favorite, most susceptible named bi weekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by all our Patreon supporters. If you want to support the running of the show directly, you can support us on patreon.com slash everyday eternal. Guys, why didn't you stop me last episode? You nobody paid attention, nobody messaged me. I announced the wrong episode number. Like right as, <laughs> really? as soon as I as I released the episode, somebody knocked on my door, like the German office for order or whatever you want to call it like we literally we, we have the german order authority uh, ordnungsamt and they make sure that there's just like public order and oh. and they knocked on my door and they were like Julian, you announced 125 last week but it's actually just this week and this is a formal demand for you to clarify the mistake so oh, Julian's actually actually podcasting from prison right now yeah, was that was that the Spotify prison or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I think you could actually run a um, a podcast from German prison. Uh, like, you you have so many things you can do in German prison. Uh, I, I think you might even be able to run a podcast. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you could. Well, we have proof right now. <laughs> I really couldn't hide it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in pretty, cell block B. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty decent internet you got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty better than mine, but my, it's uh, actually better than most places in Germany. So, <laughs> why did you go to prison? While I, I value the internet, yeah. <laughs> the reviews were pretty good. <laughs> so last last one was 124. It was, and what, I what sincerely apologize. I said 25. You're just so excited for this episode. Yeah, this maybe that's the- it. This is the real 125. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I would love to see? Like, we, we never catch up onto it. And then once we arrive at 200, we, we eventually realize, oh, it's just 199. And I don't know what <laughs> oh, happens no. then, but like, oh, everything breaks down because everything is wrong then. And then like future alien civilizations, they will come back and they're like, oh, where's the last episode? 124. Dude. Where has it been? We can't find it. It's the last missing piece to understand human civilization. <laughs> like, ah. We could also promise like loads of, really cool things on the 200th episode and then right. like do 99 then 99.1 then 99.2 <laughs> and then it gets smaller decimal points and stuff yeah i, I like, think it was um too much info no not too much information what, what's the one that steve menendian does i don't know if they still do it too, too... Uh, uh so many in same place. place so many in same yeah, place, yeah yeah i think they skipped 200 and went straight to 201 because nice. they said for 200 you got to do something special and we don't have anything special so we will continue at 201 and once we find something special we will record 200 which is wow, like this, yeah this is so honest holy shit this is good <laughs> yeah yeah the, the, right, I, I think a German you would also need like to to get approval for that but yeah i mean and now they're at 5200 and they still can't think of the 200 one yeah that's the one right <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one thing like screw 1000 who cares like the 200 that's in yeah. the ancient numbering system of i don't know it- ethiopia or something 200 is the big one but yeah we're we are not at 200 yet but we might get there one day with your support and uh kai you recently upgraded right you you love your voice everybody loves your voice and now for the first time at least on this podcast we actually get to enjoy the beautiful voice of kai, kai you actually you are like a how would you call it like a singing boy or something when you were a kid (laughs) i yeah well um so that's my lovely voice hey everyone (laughs) i got i just got a new mic i'm so excited everyone this this is crazy like having a a dynamic mic for the first time with like a proper like mixer and everything like i think for the first time in my life i'm I'm actually like kind of professional 
It's somewhat professional <laughs> about anything. What? <laughs> no, it's it's it, no, it's it's a it's an actually really good upgrade. I I th I didn't really know much about microphones in general uh, until Julian told me like a thousand times that I have to get this microphone just like you know ASAP, and I was like, <laughs> okay, well, if that's the case, you know. Well, um, I, I, I didn't require you to. I just recommended it a couple of times. <laughs> right, but it's also like the how you recommend something. No, actually, like you know, I got kind of kind of interested into and. Um, and again, I, I, um, whenever you watch something, I think like the, the, if the video quality is like, you know, like so, so you can kind of, you know, just get over it. But if the sound is not okay, then, um, uh, people just like, you know, just click on other videos instantly. So, I mean, it's basically like porn, right? You could watch like, I don't know, 360p or something as long as the sound is right. But what do you care about 180p? Yeah. If like if the sound is horrible. Totally, yeah. I don't care if like the porn is pixelated, you know. Just I mean, <laughs> just you're give, from Japan, just, right? Yeah, just give me just, <laughs> <laughs> just give me the good sound, you know. Just give me some 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 surround sound. I heard in another podcast, by the way, that somebody in Japan like released some kind of algorithm that depixelates Japanese porn, and apparently, like, it's a really big deal in society now. But yeah, yeah. Um, so this what is a crazy tangent. I don't know yeah, what you're like, talking about. Yeah, I mean, like, like one of one of my best buddies in Japan, like his job was to um, like censor all those uh, porn movies, like to put like a mosaic on top of um, everything. Couldn't you uh, like outsource that to an AI or something? Uh, well, maybe in ten years, yeah, but. It's like it's like real human beings, you know, who do that. I mean, you 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 can say, okay, this is like hand manufactured, crafted, ancient porn. <laughs> that sounds like way too good. Handmade porn. It's like not something <laughs> mass factual. You get the the idea, right? Of course, yeah. Handmade porn, yeah. Handmade <laughs> porn, exactly. <laughs> yeah, marketing, baby. It's all about the marketing. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yo, what else are you up to? Um, I met Andrea Mengucci for the first time in my life after hell yeah. like, hell yeah. I, I think like it was, it was like, he was like one of those uh, magic personalities I wanted to meet like the most, um, you know, once I moved here to, um, to Europe. Um, Did you touch it him? Was, it was, well, close. I, I didn't, I didn't even hug him. Man, what, what a shame. What a shame. Yeah. I just kind of just, you know, give my... You did it. that like <laughs> you did that weird <laughs> thing where you, like you reach out for a hug, but then you realize it's not gonna become a hug. Oh, so like you're the just awkward like, thing. Oh yeah, man, you're, you're waving your hands in the air. You're like, hello. This is how <laughs> I greet everybody. <laughs> That's totally normal. Um, no, that there was this uh, modern showdown event um, last last sun uh, Saturday or Sunday um, in the south part of Berlin, and apparently um, it was powered by Card Market, or like not apparently. I think Card Market had like the um, like a feature match area ready, and they invited a couple of pro players, um, um, and like Eli Loveman, I think from California, and like you know Simon uh, Nielsen from Denmark, I, I believe, and some others. And um, we had like this nice little like 40, 50 player modern tournament going on in, in this like super tiny uh, shop in the, the south part of, of Berlin, as I said. And um, it was it was just. It was basically the hottest day, but also in terms not only the meta, but but also the um, the meta game and just like the overall like you know excitement uh, in the in this one little shop. It was it was really really cool. It was like a five round tournament followed by a top eight. Obviously, your boy Kaya just freaking scrubbed out, and you know, but but I had a good <laughs> time. But I had a good time regardless. You know, it was, it was really there, really there was cool. a stream as well. I watched some of it. It looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've done really a few too. of these kind of showcase things. I think. I guess they're trying to build up the name for if they bring events back soon. 
right Definitely. like i think i think it, clo- it clearly shows like how much uh we all miss like proper um paper magic coverage right like yeah. like, like gp coverage and stuff like that you know like it's it's kind of gone these days and i uh, i think like you know somewhat somewhat of these like diy versions are kind of like just having a good um I don't. I don't know how Revival. to. Finish. No, yeah, I, yes. I, I think everyone just massively misses that GP structure, right? Even if you're not there, all the GPs and the Pro Tours by extension. Even if you're not there, you're watching along. You've like it's such a big, like you know people there if you're not there yourself and you're invested and you're following along all the time and who does what at these different GPs and who's got multiple top eights, blah blah. And everyone's missing that, so everyone's just like trying to hungering for anything at all so even like 50 plus event people events yeah, is, uh, totally, interesting totally. and if it's if it's streamed it just like heightens the um just how much it means and people watch along there was like three to four hundred people watching most of the time i think oh that's crazy that's yeah. crazy and i think like overall um what's most important for for many many um, magic players in general is the it's like a proper coverage instead of like good prices or or something like that you know like most people don't really care about the the actual prices you can win at tournaments if there's mm-hmm. like a proper coverage you know if if you are uh, i don't know if there are, if there are like photos and videos taken of um you know the the top 8 players and like deck lists and things like that interviews you know those are huge too it's um, so true basically Absolutely yeah true. like everyone kind of wants to like you know just get their name out and mm-hmm Go like, yeah. hey, I'm pro. <laughs> look, at, look at me. <laughs> I almost got to touch Andrea Mangucci. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just getting back, getting back to the old yeah. way as well, right? Right. No, just... That's an achievement. So yeah. Um, so Kai, what did you play? Uh, so I played the the most like legacy esque uh, deck possible in in uh, modern, which is uh, Blue Red Delver. Um, Andrea suggested um, Amulet, Amulet Titan for some for someone like me because um, it like he he said something along those like lines of like um, doom like the Doomsday deck in modern is probably Amulet Titan just of like how complex it is and how also like how power, powerful it is. I think I I can totally right? see that that really makes sense because with Titan you are very often like thinking one or two turns ahead and you're calculating mana and what you can afford to do what you can't afford to do what you can play around blah blah it's actually that's like so spot on they're really similar i never thought of that yeah and like doomsday like you know when you resolve doomsday you get you you get a search for like five cards with primitive titan it's going to be like two but you do it more often you know so it kind of you know it kind of ends up being closer to five um Mm -hmm. i think i'm way too stupid for amulet titan to be completely honest with you (laughs) i agree (laughs) <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I th- I think you'd be really good at that, jokes aside. Like, I mean, everybody starts off stupid when they pick up a like difficult deck. That's I mean the Titan and Doomsday. They another thing they share is like when you make a mistake, it's so punishing because you probably lose because like Doomsday, you've just exiled your deck, so you mill out if you mess it up. Titan, Before I mean that, right? Doomsday, Titan, you're very often casting like summoners packs, sometimes multiple summoners packs. So you, you both decks are killing yourself sometimes. So you're just like, oh, I hope this work out, works out. I'm way too impatient to play these kind of decks. So my problem with them is I've tried Titan a few times over the years. Oh, you um, did. Yeah, even when Summer Bloom was legal back in the day and stuff, it's. But I'm always like, I can't be bothered to work it out, so I just start doing things. And sometimes, like after two minutes, you're like, oh shit, I'm a man of short. I guess I die. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's, that's... I played it back then when when Summer Bloom was legal too. And I think the mm. coolest thing the deck would ever do was some kind of um, combination of lands where you put Titan into play and you somehow gave it haste and attacked on the very same turn. That was like that was mind blowing. Oh yeah, so, so with an amulet, you go and get um, Boros Garrison and Slayer Stronghold. That gives it plus two plus zero in haste, and then you 
bounce the whatever one of the lands, not the Boros Stronghold, and then you go and get like um, the Boros Garrison or something. It gives it double strike, and then a Vesuva to copy the Boros Garrison. Or if you bounce the Boros Garrison the first time, you can you know if you have multiple amulets and multiple land drops, you you fairly often get like a, a ten power double striker attacking. Yeah, um, yeah. dude, I. Back then, yeah. I also played in Magic Online, and one match I played against it, I was on the draw, and on my opponent's second turn, I was being attacked by, I think, two or three hasty titans. <laughs> like, they literally did everything. They, they literally got everything down on the second turn and attacked me for nearly lethal while I had literally played land go. And <laughs> back then, I took a screenshot and I posted it to Twitter, and I was like, imagine somebody walking into their first FNM. <laughs> Somebody else died against us. Where I come to competitive oh, magic. Oh, <laughs> when they gosh. played Summer Bloom, they played um, Hive Mind as well. So, like, that's a pretty brutal oh, way true. to that go. Was around. <laughs> I, I had a super. Back then, I was playing Jund in Modern a lot, and uh, I had a super cool game where they played like a turn two Hive Mind, and then just had like three mana in play with some Soul Lands, and they had an Azusa in play. So I got to cast my Summoner's pa uh, Slaughter Pact to kill their Azusa, and they copied it and died off it. Oh, oh sick, <laughs> sick. It was sick. what I thought was a win and then came ninth on breakers. It was classic classic oh. old school PTQ vibes. Oh gosh. But yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I think it was actually like, like I had to play you ever like a PTQ grinder? Did, did, did you try it? No, I just loved playing tournaments, so you just you just go to everyone. That's I a spirit man. Top eighted but... a few, never did very well. I'm not a great player, but I, <laughs> I just used to love playing them and stuff. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Like yeah. that, that's a real, like that's a big spirit, right? That's why everybody gets into tournaments in the beginning. It's just like I love yeah. playing that. That's also like why I played basically every PTQ I ever played. It's just like oh, there's there's this big modern tournament. I'm just gonna sign up. Uh, I don't care about them. Like it's it's also like why I played most cheapies. I want to do well in a legacy in a big legacy tournament. Yeah. And then if you like qualified for the pro tour, like that's just like something on top. Whereas like the actual real pros, right? Or, or like the, the the ones who are like. On the edge, like on the verge of like making to the pro tour, they would treat um, a GP as a PTQ. Yeah. Whereas to yeah, most exactly. people, it's just right. like, hey, big legacy tournament, I wanna be there. That was exactly my thing. I I was, I just threw cards at random together and stuff. I <laughs> I'd gone out partying the night before and <laughs> I got woken up by my friend picking me up with a car oh, and I was like not on my bed in my clothes upside down, like feet on the wardrobe or something. And I was like, oh shit. I needed. I grabbed like two battle skulls because I knew I had fifty-eight cards in my deck, so I just played Jun with two battle skulls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It was it was quite a quite a pile. Oh god! I had prophetic flame speakers as well. It was terrible. That's so funny. Like you know, like most magic players put in some extra cantrips if they if they can't finish the whole deck. The Callum just you know just put in random battle skulls, like random equipments, and it's the hell yeah. So I love that. Creatures, this is an equipment. It, this equipment makes creatures, dude. What's what's to go wrong? Like they, they won a couple of games. Yeah, you can never flat out. You just bang. <laughs> but yeah, good old good old PTQ days. Uh, oh dear. And speaking of big events, Kai, um, I, I hear you're also gonna go to some some big event in the near future, probably. Yes. Uh, there is this uh, big, big joint um, event this weekend called Tier 1 Con in Sweden. Um, I'll be there for the absolute first time. I've never been there. Apparently, it's like a, you know, they, they do it like every every now and then. But it, it is it is going to be massive. Um, I, I've seen like numbers like reaching up to like multiple hundred players in like for modern legacy, for, for vintage, old school, pre-modern, limited, what have you. Like literally any format you can play. Um, I'll be there the whole weekend. So in, I think in 24 hours from now, so we, since we're recording on a, uh, 
Wednesday. So Wednesday. On the Wednesday, yeah. Uh, I'll be in Sweden tomorrow. Um, super, super pumped. Since I'm going to be, um, I'll be seeing a lot of, lot of familiar faces from Magic Online too. And um, if you are also on the event, please say hi. Um, I'll probably be the guy just, you know, in weird clothes. And you're going to find me. You're going to find me. But <laughs> it's going to be like three. Yeah, I'm going to play um, three big events. I think I'm going to play the, the modern uh, qualifier event, I think, on, on Friday, uh, which starts at noon-ish. Saturday is going to be an old school day for me. Um, I was kind of hesitant to you know, play modern again. But I, if you... I got a couple of power nine pieces also like sitting on my on my desk right now and like they need some love so I thought I thought you know just sleeve up a, an old school deck make it like a casual day and Sunday is gonna be the big big legacy main event um, yeah so I have three decks uh, ready they're all sleeved up and ready to go. Uh, are we nice. gonna share what you're gonna play in old school because most people will probably be able to guess what you're gonna play in modern legacy. Yeah, uh, in old school is it's gonna be like a it's gonna be like my own. Bruce. Ooh. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> that's it's the Bruce left in old school, <laughs> dude. I mean, there is no real meta game in old school because like people are so. They... You just made a lot of enemies. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, it, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm dead serious. Like, I don't think there is an actual meta game because like people just really don't care as much like old school. I think it's just about playing the old cards, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, like it... the deck is the thing, from what I understand. But there's a bunch of cool stuff that like gives it a hard yeah. time like the underworld dreams deck is really cool that's really cool yeah right but and also like decks and stuff. but also i feel like um a lot of people play disenchant yeah and um so i kind of wanted to play like a like a deck which is a little harder to hate so what i'm playing is a a, a five color but like a really like a three color um aggro deck which um which then transforms into a control deck so i'm playing Sa- yeah i'm playing savannah lines and sarah angels and backed up by lightning bolts and chain lightnings, psionic blasts, counter spells, disenchants, and then obviously like you know like the power nine cards and mind twist and whatnot. But sounds pretty cool. But yeah, so it kind of looks like you know a savannah line deck um, with just a bunch of burn. But post sideboard, I'm gonna swap all those savannah lines and most of the burn for things like silver library, addition, red blasts, blue blasts, additional counter magic, and shivan dragons. So I'm gonna like <laughs> so I'm gonna be I'm gonna like lean all back and you know just trying to be like. The deck myself, you know, just how iconic like a, is that? Playing Sarah Angels and Shivan Dragons, dude, that's, it's that's it's awesome. Gas. Yeah, You're gonna get the dude. flavor award. <laughs> well, the problem with this deck is that, like, since it is like in five colors, Shivan Dragon is actually pretty embarrassing because I can't really pump it as much. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a, I'm gonna do it once maybe. <laughs> oh, it's just gonna be your five five flyer. Or yeah. wait, does it six six? No, it's a five five. It's a five five. Okay, yeah. for a that's second, already like... <laughs> already, yeah, big body. <laughs> cool. Good luck at that. I really wanted to come. I was planning to like get back from my last trip and book it and stuff, but I spent too much money out in America, so I'm behaving, being sensible. Yeah. Next you time. You bought too much, too many machetas and and <laughs> too many beers, too many like <laughs> that's ten dollars for a sip of yeah. beer. Yeah. Oh man, the real struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, best of luck for that. Uh, I think you're you're gonna have coverage, right? That there's gonna be some live stream, yes. I would guess. And guess what? I, I um, it's not only like Andreas Petersen from Denmark who's doing the coverage. Um, also Andrea Mengucci, um, the guy who I almost almost hugged. Uh, it's also <laughs> gonna be also gonna be there at the coverage team um, alongside great. Simon Nielsen. So yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be gas. It's gonna yeah. be so cool. I think we're gonna link the, the stream team. in the show notes if if you already know where it's gonna be, but we probably will. Okay. <laughs> cool. 
Cool. Yeah, we're, we're definitely gonna like record next month and you will tell us all about how you won the old school event. You're Mr. O. Does it like have a name? Um, you, you still have like one week to come up with a name or something. I, I have one day to come up with a name. No, yeah. I mean I mean for the next episode. Oh, it's for the next episode, uh, sure. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I will think about something. <laughs> awesome. In the meantime, Callum, how, how have you been? How's it going in good old England? Good old England. It's been grey. Nothing going on. Just exactly as you expect. <laughs> Um, I've just been sinking back into things after being away for a while, so nothing super interesting. Played Paper Legacy again last night. I I put like 100 cards on my desk everywhere. I was like trying to brew a Kappa Cannoneer Asmo Underworld cookbook deck and stuff. I was like, where are we going with this? Maybe this, blah, blah, blah. And then in the end, I was like, fuck it, I'm just building Painter again. And had fun (laughs) playing Painter again. Yeah, it was just the best. It was sweet. Um... Otherwise, yeah, I'm afraid nothing, nothing really need to report. Just um, just living your best life just or working on, on doing it. Yeah, just thinking about ways of like getting out of here and going on tour again. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, I feel like that, those are the two big things you've talked about on, on the last episodes. You, you want to move to, say, Italy yeah. and you want to go on tour again. Yeah, so Do it. we're working on it. I am working on it. How about you? You up to anything since you're back? Uh, work, I guess. Um, well, yeah. More work than, than I wanted to do. But I mean, well, I guess I could go home at any time. And yeah, a- anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, one thing I realized I absolutely love is photography. Like when I when I bought this camera, like it, it was for streaming and everything. And I also, I was like, oh, I'm going to do like vlogging and everything. And I still want to do that. But I had no idea that I would enjoy photography so much. And I'm still like, absolute beginner i have no idea what i'm doing when i go into lightroom and i edit i'm like oh slide here slide left slide right okay this looks cool uh but yeah it's it's a ton of fun and uh, i especially did a lot of like sports um sport shooting in in kenya uh for for mainly kite surfing and i absolutely love the results like especially given that i have no idea what i'm doing (laughs) so yeah uh the the last week i was actually looking into like the thing you do, right? I have this camera and it's really good. And I feel like, oh, but if I got this camera, that's even better. It's it's not even about that, that I could take better pictures because I haven't even reached the potential of my camera and my lenses yet. It's just like I, I had it in my hands because one of the guys I was traveling in Kenya with, he, he had a similar camera and I had it in my hands. And I was like, holy shit, this, must, this is what it must feel like to buy the car you always wanted. Because I, right. I'm, I'm really not a car person. Like I, I'm like I drive whatever I have until it breaks down. But when it comes to like technical gadgets, I'm like, oh, that's the shit. <laughs> oh wow! Like how like how long did it take you to become like a? Can I call you like a semi-professional photographer? No, no, uh, it's, it's far from. Like I call myself a passionate amateur. That's because that's the, the, because those pushes. pictures, like you know, you you gotta like link them in the show notes. They look really, really good. It's like almost like like Shutterstock uh, photographs. You know, just kind of <laughs> like kind of like kind of like needing like the 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 watermark you know on top, but. <laughs> they really look decent enough, I think, so that people would pay actual decent money. That's but I good. bought the camera almost exactly two years ago. I think almost to the day, exactly two years ago. And then I, I just like learned so much from YouTube videos and and trying. But this was the the real the first real session in Kenya. And uh, one thing that really helped was just like doing it almost every single day. Whereas like when I'm here, I would sometimes go to Munich, shoot here and there. But I was in Kenya for almost three weeks and I literally carried around my backpack with all my lenses and equipment and the camera for almost every single day. And like even the our, our employees at the hotel, they choked about how I'm the guy with the backpack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think when you do it every day and you really get to like appreciate um, all the things that the camera can do, you, you 
you start growing with it and i'm still far from from outgrowing the potential of the camera that's why me looking at even better cameras right. is really just like oh i love it but yeah I'm, I'm just really enjoying it and the thing is i didn't expect to enjoy photography so much until i yeah i started doing it for three weeks and now i want to do it even more so like so if the camera is really good like do you also need to do a lot of like after effects or like some some editings later or is it almost like unnecessary but it's it's that's the thing I didn't initially believe uh, when, when I got into it, uh, but everybody tells you that the lenses matter even more, and it's actually true. Like, the camera almost feels like, yeah, you gotta have it, but you... It makes the workflow easier, or it has, like, certain requirements that you just gotta have uh, for the lenses to shine, but then, like, if, once you get, like, a sharp, a good, a, 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 like, really fast lens, it's so much so much more fun to, to shoot, and, yeah, um, I think that that's a big deal. And then, of course, like after effects, not, not after effects, like Lightroom's, uh, Lightroom's the thing that most people use and that I use. Um, yep. you, you can go crazy. Like I have done some edits that are like very, if you want to frame it in a positive way, it would be artsy or you could also like call it over edited. And it depends on, right? For example, the, the sports shoot, most of the sports shots that I did, they they are they have like minimal editing. It's it's really not all that much, except for a couple of ones in the evening where I went like really hard on it and I really like those. So it's it's up to you what you want to do like if you, if you would just like want to have a really crisp nice picture of somebody doing kite surfing at perfect weather then there's really not all that much editing to do but if you want to go really artsy right. of course you you can like you can go deep <laughs> yeah and since we were like talking about um like proper um tournament coverage like if you, if you look at like old coverages from like you know 10 years back or like 20 years back like photographs were like not really that high quality like now that you look um you know, now that you look at them again, but um, like if you had like someone who who takes like actual decent photos of the event, of the players, of the decks, and so on, that'd be, that'd be like something. You know, like maybe maybe like the, <laughs> the 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 future of like you know just events in general. I, I mean, I guess it depends. I think if you like watch the proto stuff from ten years ago, it, it like the photography and everything is like really good, uh, at least for like the, the the stage shots, like of winners and everything. And I think you, if you go even further back, it's it's not a matter of like whether like the technology was available it was just like that people used like some random camera like like toy camera almost they had because just magic wasn't all that yeah, the, back then the, yeah the potato phones yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah even like even before phones even had cameras in the first place right. <laughs> but yeah for for legacy yeah. especially right uh, we we have so much career coverage like for when people literally just recorded with the the crappiest phone camera they ever had and and uploaded i, I remember at gp madrid i did that uh, i brought out like back then not that great camera and i recorded a couple of matches just sitting next to them and i uploaded them and then like five years later the the lawyer of one of the players actually me uh, messages me uh, in dutch even because the player was dutch and i did like google translate and turns out the player had asked the lawyer to contact me to remove his name and the video and i was oh, like wow. this is so weird but i'm gonna comply yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Like, the weirdest thing to me was that he would, like, send me a message in Dutch. I was like, come on, guy. You, you speak English. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's 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 it. And I absolutely, absolutely enjoy it. Especially, like, when you go on Safari and you have your telephoto and, and you can catch those amazing animals, like, super crisp pictures from far away. Oh, I, I want more of that. I, you, you see me rubbing my hands together. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But, yeah, that's, that's uh, what I've been up to. Um... In speaking of what other people have been up to, I think one week ago, was it a week ago, uh, in uh, 
the American states of United. This is totally wrong. USA. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going with that one? I wanted to say yeah, the US of country. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe one day. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, we had the Leaving a Legacy Open 8. And I think half the people who read the name will only recognize it because they know what the 8 looks like. The Latin 8 and Final Fantasy 8. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Oh, that's where it's from. Final Fantasy, not Latin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big revelation. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all fake. And yeah, so one and three players gathered in New England to compete for the legacy for the Leaving a Legacy Open Eight. It's actually really amazing that that Pat and Cherry have been putting this this tournament on for the eighth time now. Uh, I remember when it was the first time, and it's mm -hmm. going strong. Over hundred is sick. Um, yeah, it's really cool. They had coverage on Saturday. Um, it's on the Living a Legacy Twitch, so I think yep. they'll probably have the VODs. It's really cool. I was having a lazy Saturday just watching along. Um, yeah, let's uh, run through. They get, we've got some. Uh, we've got the top eight decks, obviously, and then we've got the meta breakdown as well. So let's run through the top eight decks, and then I'll let you take over with a bit of a breakdown if you awesome. want. So in first place, we had Mike Munchbach. I hope I say that right. Um, on Blue Red Delver, I had a bit of a look, and it seems to be fairly stuck. Um, I keep looking out for that, that curse card in the sideboards because it's paper now, but um, there's not one here. Maddening Hex. Maddening Hex, yeah. Yeah, it's so good, mm -hmm. but none here. But yeah, pretty stop the Red Delver, taking it down as it does. In second place, we have Tom Kessler on Yorian Death and Taxes. Um, pretty standard here. Well, sorry, excuse me. Two Extraction Specialists. Is that the new, that's the new, like, so, no, it's not the one I was thinking of, actually. This is a kind of like, it's a 3-mana three 3-2 three lifelink human rogue. When it enters the battlefield, you return target creature card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature can't or or block, attack or block for as long as you control extractions and specialist. I saw this card putting in some pretty good work in the top eight. I can't remember exactly the matchup it was against, but he was returning, like, um, Thalia. So, like, has an effect on, in, on the game even while the specialist is in play. And, you know, a 3-2 lifelink is... You know, relevant for DNT, obviously, because there's equipment going around, can be viled in to bring stuff back, bring back Stoneforge Mystic and Mother Runes and stuff. So we don't see this card very often, so that's pretty cool. Um, well, that card is really cool. Uh, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. even if you bring back something like, yes, you already mentioned Stoneforge, right? And you, you got yeah. Spur of the Labyrinth, you got Mother Thalia, uh, yeah. Cathar Commando to reuse it, Lion Slash. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of targets, actually. That's super cool. Um, and having two shows that it's more than like they must have played it before this and it shows more than just a oh a one-off to go and search for with um recruit of the guard this is a card they're happy to search for and draw i think by having two copies in the deck so that's cool i wonder if we'll see it pop up more often let yeah, me check it's cool. uh is it rare of yeah. course it's rare Everything it's from rare these days. it's from streets of new Capenna, so it's very new so that may be why i haven't seen it too much mm. um yeah that's mostly it. There's two Eganjo Seat of the Empire, which is not always super common, but um, it's a nice land that kills stuff in combat. Then in third place, we have Nick Bonnyman with Blue Red Delver. Looks pretty standard to me again. You've got the normal suite of creatures Delver, Merktide, DRC, One Borrower, um, no Maddening Hex in the sideboard as well. So pretty standard Blue Red Delver deck in third place. In fourth, we have Joe uh, Conandos on Acast. This is looking pretty standard as well. You've got your, we've got the um, the Shadow Sphere back in the main. Like Andrea didn't have it. We talked about it on the last episode. Yeah. Two metallic rebuke in the sideboard is pretty cool. Don't see that too often. Mm. Um, I wonder how that was. Is, isn't that like mostly like a modern card? 
Metallic Rebuke. Think, yeah, it's right? played in a lot of the kind of. There's like blue white Stoneforge slash Urza mid range Thopter Sword decks in that, so that uses it. But yeah, I've not seen it much at all, like a couple of times right. ever in Legacy. So it's the yeah. the mana leak that costs three mana, but it has like improvised. Improvise. Yes, exactly. Improvise. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. This is and, improvising and, everywhere with the capper as well. Right. And like uh, similar to like Mystical Dispute, like paying three mana is literally almost like a hard counter, I think. Like Spell Pierce, you know, Spell Pierce has like some moments where it's actually kind of dead in your hand, but mm-hmm. like paying three extra mana is, is, is kind of impossible, I think, in, in both modern and legacy. It's just, you know, like the formats are so fast and like people have so many powerful spells that they, uh, you know, tap out more often and you almost never have that like spare mana so it it almost reads like a a one like almost like a one mana counter target spell yeah which i think is super super decent this deck could apply like some pretty fast pressure as well so it makes people to play into things whereas like you wouldn't want a well one mana mana leak probably in the control decks whereas here it's like you know when you're playing your size and capacan is an emery that's threatening to draw lots of cards off yeah. baubles you are making people play into the mana leak effect yeah, totally. Like, like if if you look at the amount of counters, like that's like ten. It can go up to ten counters post sideboard. I think if plays like yeah. four force worlds in the main and force of negation the full set in the sideboard and then two rebukes. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 so I'm not a sp- I'm specialist on on eight cards, but what I believe is that they probably want to like max out on counters to counter the um what's it called um like meltdowns and like like those like super aggressive um hate cards right like if, yeah. if you can if you can if you can somewhat like overcome them then life's good i think yeah like, i remember it's powerful i think i've mentioned this before on the cast before but i was struggling with eight cast when it was like starting to have its breakout and stuff i just couldn't beat delver i was like what is going on this deck you know you've got you got your chalice you've got you know the big creatures and stuff and um i just couldn't work it out and then bob wang told me Callum, stop boarding out force wills and boarding force negations and yeah. counter their meltdown. I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Right. Yeah. So I think also, that's, yeah. that's the right approach. Also, real nice that it's like a one man, like that uh, Metallic Rebuke is like a one mana counter, but it goes through Charles of the Void so yeah. nicely. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you sometimes yeah. see um, the, what's the blue one called again? Uh, Mystic. Oh, Mystical Dispute? Dispute. Yeah. yeah. You do sometimes see that in these decks. I've seen two or three in the sideboards as well. But Metallic Rebuke is yes, similar, but I guess could be better against some different combo decks. Yeah, a little more flexible. Yeah. yeah. yeah like that a cool. lot. Then in fifth place, we have Roland Chang of, uh, I think, 90s MTG fame. Oh, um, yeah. With his all Japanese foil decks of every kind. Ooh, Crazy yeah. to see on stream. So he's playing Yuri on DNT. Um, this is pretty standard. There's no not any of the um, whatever they're called, the extraction, extraction. specialists. Oh, yeah. So yeah, otherwise, pretty I guess there's a one of Rex and Revoker, which we right, haven't seen that's in a long so, time. Yeah, that's so old school. Yeah, I actually have that <laughs> highlighted on on my spreadsheet thing. It's like, oh yeah, it's not like crazy, but it's also yeah, not something we've seen for a while. Remember the days of DNT playing four of the main deck. Right. Yeah, that was like. <laughs> Every list started with four of those and a couple of other ones. Yeah. Uh, I think the other ones have pretty much held up, like Mother, Thalia, Stoneforge. Yeah. Is it still four? Yeah, for, at least for him, it's four Flicker Wisp. Like, those are the old school crew of, of Death and Texas. Yeah. Uh, even though people sometimes start cutting Flicker Wisp. XJ very often plays three, and so does Luanil. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say that Flicker Wisp is not part of that crowd, but Mother, Stoneforge, and Thalia, keeping it strong. Yeah, old school cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, next, we have Tony Scapone. Um, he is the epic gamble creator. Um, he streams. He's been playing the deck for 
a huge amount of time now. He's done tons of work for it, so it's really cool to see him put up a, a result. I'm not going to dare say what's stuck or not because I don't know. It's <laughs> um, I mean, he, all of those cards are cards I've, I've played against whenever I faced the deck in, yeah. uh, on it Magic looks, Online. It looks pretty normal. Like, there's three Overmaster. I'm not sure that's totally normal. Oh, yeah, actually, that, that, that's a new thing. Like, I only started seeing those cards, I think, this week. Maybe maybe somebody copied this list when I played them on Magic Online. I'm also going to say, I think yeah. whoever's written out the list is wrong because they've written three Galvanic Blast, but um, that's the... Like the Metalcraft deals four damage. I thought it was a shock. Pretty sure that's Galvanic oh, Relay. Yeah. It's, 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 it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this deck runs a decent amount of artifacts, so you never yeah. know. <laughs> it, it definitely could be a, a four, four damage spell. Um, right. We'll have to find out, but I'm pretty sure, because I think these decks are published, but I'm sure yeah. that's uh, Relay. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, what... you've got your Wish, you've got Echo Veons, then you've got like Chromoxes, Lands of Diamonds, Lotus Petals. Mox Opal, Defense Grids, Fulgrim Monolith. I don't think that's totally normal as well. This is like a... Um, it is actually a Galvanic Relay deck, isn't it? It's, it really is. Yeah. It really, really is. It's yeah. just it's just like have a bunch of spells and a relay in your hand. You just fire them off and then win the next turn. Right. Like Otherwise, you, it, the other most common ways of winning is the flip side of Burgie. So you play Burgie as the 3-mana three 3-3. Three, three. Whenever you cast a spell, you get a red mana. But the other side is a 5-mana artifact where you can discard a card to exile the top two cards of your library and he can play them so um I, whenever i've seen him streaming and other people play the deck like you very often either do like a relay for 10 plus or you just go off with the horn and either one like is kind of non-deterministic but 95 percent deterministic or maybe more so right. it's it's <laughs> a super cool deck to play like it, it can have turn one and two wins pretty commonly and it just yeah. kind of like brute forces through counter spells so it's pretty yeah. sweet I also like I also like how much in, in, um, initial mana and uh, fast mana this deck has. Like it has so much, so many sources that go from zero mana to one mana. Like yeah. between yeah. uh the spirit guides, Mox opal, chrome marks, lotus petal, LEDs of some sort. If you have uh, the the draw seven, the uh, echo of aeons, which by the way goes very well with the overmasters. Yeah, but I think like this deck, this deck is like surprisingly, or not, maybe not even surprisingly, but it is just really, really grindy. The deck, I think, like if you play control, you might. That's like this is not the deck which basically you, you know you you can defeat by just having like one force of will or two. Yeah, this is uh, definitely this not. Just, Belcher. That's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, it's because it's it has nine lands in it. Like so, there's four ancient tombs, two city of traders, one volcanic island, and two shadow skull smashing. And then it's just like, as you said, so much fast mana. So the fast mana, like especially being spells, apart from the spirit guides, like just plays so well with both Echo of Eons and the, um, the what's it called? Uh, Galvanic Relays. Because the Galvanic Relay, you're just going to like play out all your fast mana. Turn one, you have three or four quote-unquote lands. And then you're drawing five or six more cards next turn. And then you, you relay into another relay and it, like, it continues. Right. Or you have like an LED and an Echo of Eons and you just... I think you just probably turn one it a lot. Like, so you both you should restart the game. You both have seven cards, but you've got three lands in play. You're in an advantage, and so right. yeah, totally agree that it just it just there are four defense critters as well, which are kind of like must counters. Um, but otherwise, it just yeah, you counter a thing. I'm going to do it again. You counter a thing. I'm going to do it again, and it just kind of keeps yeah. The deck is pretty ugly to play against. Uh, whenever I'm facing it with a blue deck, I'm uh, I, I don't love playing against it because yeah, you try to hit like the the big haymakers right uh but it's it's not always that easy especially once once um uh, galvanic relay is involved and mm -hmm. uh, whenever, whenever a deck is like ugly to play against from a strategic point of view you you know that it's not that bad 
Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's cool because Ruby Storm's always been a kind of it's, it's been fine, but not great. It's been like a bit quirky, and it's never been as good as the other Storm decks. But Tony saw something here, and he's again just worked on it for probably the last year or two right. that I remember. Yeah, like another, epic, um, yeah. <laughs> another thing I really like about this deck, I, I, I'm just seeing it now, is that it's it is basically mono red. So the um the the third most played um, counter in form of pyroblast just literally doesn't do anything against this deck. I think. I guess echo of eons. Echo of eons. You wouldn't pro- oh, oh yeah, no, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, scratch that. Okay. But I guess you wouldn't bring it in, right? I would. Unless you have some. <laughs> I mean, if you have totally dead cards in your main deck, which you might have. Yeah. Uh, then you would, but it's not one of the yeah. first cards you're looking at. I guess it's, yeah okay well then I guess you have to go over master first which can't be power blasted so well there we go take, there take we go. that take that yeah, alright Kai wins we figured it out <laughs> yeah very cool alright next place we have Ezra Christensen um, playing I guess Naya Depths which is basically green white depth splashing blasts one red elemental blast main deck and then how many more on the sideboard we got two uh, more I think two more on the sideboard yep two more power blast sideboard um what I think is really cool, this is a guess, so Ezra, if you're listening, or anyone else that's friends with Ezra, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's two Mox Diamonds in this list. I know that Ezra won the SCG 10k like a f- good few months ago, and it was really cool when we covered it, because there was like no Mox Diamonds, and I read that it was just because he doesn't own them, so absolutely smashed it with that. And I like to think that this is you know, acquiring the deck over time. Um, that's my best guess. I think it's really cool to see, if so. Um, maybe he's going to come back and be like, no, I think two Mox Diamonds is right. But <laughs> anyway, I, I think that's I think that's that's what it is. Like maybe you know putting the winnings of the 10k towards them, super cool. Yeah, you know what we say every time. Green white depths is just like consistently good, consistently underrated. I think, and it's just putting up another result. Yeah, I mean, what what are you gonna do against the deck? Like, there's nothing you you can really like do against it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, kill them turn one with uh, Echo of Eons and no, yeah, I mean, really. that's that's the least qualified professional thing I've ever said. But like, you right. look at it, and, like you sh- yeah, you shuffle up and you're already dead. <laughs> no, that's not even what I mean. But it's just like they can play the straight up Maverick game of just like playing creatures, tapping them and attacking you and denying your resources with like Wasteland and Remorak Excavator. Like, I, I love how I say the card, by the way. I can't pronounce the first part, so I just go like That's how you pronounce it, right? Anyway, or they can like fucking kill you on the spot as you tap out like they're almost like they also have to split that twin aspect and you sometimes just don't see it coming because they they, they also have their, their crop rotations and stuff and and yeah, we might have a cradle of growth and i mean yeah technically you can see it coming in but you you can't always give them credit for it otherwise like your game plan yeah. is going to be way too slow and sluggish sometimes uh and ah i i can't say i hate playing against it but it's it's it's, it's tough. It's it's a it's a fantastic deck. Whenever I'm playing Painter um, against Depths, I always found the black base versions quite easy. Well, much easier at least because you know you have the blast to interact with their combo and stuff. But then Painter is that like plays the board, so you very often like go under the discard. But whenever I'm against Green White, I'm like trying to <laughs> not get wastelanded out or die to a knight. And then you know they sometimes just go like turn one Mox Diamond land play a something or other. Turn two just like crop for. Uh, the combo and kill you the next turn and stuff it can be blisteringly fast and at the same time super grindy as you say yeah, the, the worst feeling in the world is when they get to do Elf's Reclaimer on turn 2 uh, putting away Flagstones I yeah. hate it so much it feels <laughs> oh, like yeah. cheating that's oh, yeah. Splinter Twin yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's also a deck with just like it's so many tutors there's so many tutors in it you have Crop Rotation you have Greenstone Zenith you have Elvish Reclaimer Sylvan Library for like, drawing and filtering Knight as well 
Um, you might as well just have your entire deck in your hand. Like, you, yeah. when the game begins, you just, like, you pick up your deck, you're like, you will allow? Okay, thank you very much. Is I will actually, pick this opening seven. He, he plays three stage, three depths. And it's a, yeah. that's the combo deck, but, like, yeah, there's just so many tutors. I mean, with that, uh, that amount of tutoring, I, I can definitely see why you would at least cut back on, on the dark depth. Yeah, um, If not sure. the stage as well. Yeah. And then there's just so many, like, targets so like maze of earth pajuka bog caracas two century step because very often you're using a step to like protect a knight as well and then you said the wastelands flagstones package it's just yeah very good yeah this, this is the kind of deck that i like to call like a, a scrap grinder or a scrap crusher it's just <laughs> like when crusher. you don't really know what you're doing against the deck they will just like outplay your left oh right. this this will yeah if people don't know how like what is in the green white depths deck like the second Sajiri step is fair. It's common now, like it's in almost every single list. But at the beginning, it wasn't super common knowledge. And I think the second one killed a lot of people. The second one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always the second step. But, um, oh, man. Yeah, great deck, cool deck. And finally, we have Jonathan Castagna on the Epic Storm. So we have the Epic Gamble and the Epic Storm. Pretty cool. We got a bunch of artifacts, a bunch of fast mana, Wishclaw Talismans, Ponder Brainstorm Veils. One Echo Vions, one Relay. Looks pretty... You know, the the, the Tez aficionados would be like, yeah, this is version 11.2. 11.25B. <laughs> yeah, I'm not up to date, I'm afraid. Danish variant or something. <laughs> gonna go on a limb saying this is their latest version. Yeah, um, Brian Cook special. Hell yeah. Love to see it. It's yeah. cool to pay, actually. So two Blue Red Delvers, two DNTs, but then we have like two Storm decks and we have Depths and we had... Another another combo deck in the epic in the epic gamble, yeah. pretty split between fair right. and the fair was split between like blue fair and non blue fair and then four combo decks. Yeah, yeah. Also the yeah. the meta game as a whole like looked pretty pretty healthy for especially for a paper tournament. Um, I mean we we always see that and I think we're going to talk about that later on in, in the episode. Um, that paper is not as as fluid as it is in Magic Online where like let's say 60% of people have a rental account, if not more, and they can just like jump into anything they need. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas in paper, it's not that easy as everybody probably can attest to. Uh, so in this tournament, we had 103 players of which 13.6% played, okay, let's call it 14. 14% yeah. played Cheskai Control, 11% played 8Cast, 11% played Blue Red Diver, and then... There's uh, actually the number the of big... players as well. 14 on Just Control, and then 11 on 8-Cast and Delver. Oh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much that, right? Because we got almost 100 much. players. So. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, why, why don't we go with absolute numbers? Let's say it's 100 <laughs> players, even though it's 103. Yeah. So 14 Chess Guy Control, 11 8-Cast, 11 Blue Red Diver, and then we have 6 on Naya Depth, we have six, 5 on Death and Texas, uh, 4 on reanimator and then you know there's a bunch of like three and two and one of decks like cephalid okay. breakfast is there as with two players eight march as uh, like this is like you look at this actually let me let me count uh this is 48 minus four we got 45 different decks that's are you fucking lot. kidding me that's so much variation almost yeah. every other deck in the tournament was was like you a different archetype have you have you seen the name of um row 45 Oh yeah, that actually caught my attention. I want to bring that up. That's cat control. I have no. Is, is that the one you talked about on, on the last episode? The the displacer kitten or something? I think so. I have I have to guess that. Yeah. So. You I know so. the the one the one person playing that deck is like, no, I've been working my entire life on cat control. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like actual cats, you know, like ether vial deck. Something <laughs> of the pride. <laughs> or whatever it's called. Proper, yeah, pride of the seven claws or whatever it's called. Like yeah. three one for two. Vanilla. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 
control think, deck. Yeah, like uh, another thing which really sticks out in this uh, metagame is that the most played deck Jessica control does not see any finish in the top eight. Yeah, um, it sucks. So, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> like what happened to Jessica control? I mean, I'm it's wondering. cute people trying to play Battlescar in Legacy still. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't play Stormforge usually. I mean, it just happens. Uh, right. We all know how these paper tournaments happen. Um, I think Jessica has seen some some results on Magic Online um, from what I've seen over the last month. It's like it's one of those decks that's never really bad, right? It plays like all the cantrips, some of the best removal in the format, Force of Will, and then you gotta put that into action. Like whether you go the, the let's say Narset route, and see, people still sometimes play the what what's the one um, days and doing stuff, but you, a lot of people don't even do that anymore. Uh, it's just like. I want to call it like a, the blue good stuff deck uh, these days, even though mm. I guess it also qualifies for like all the five color and uh, four color variants. Uh, it's just yeah, I people love the kind of magic. I, I think the, the deck is really bad, but it's clearly Thank very you. popular. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I'm. Uh, I don't mind blue control decks, and I don't mind blue mid range decks. I just it feels. Uh, I know it has a bunch of cantrips, and there are some powerful cards in Teferi and Narset. Just feels. Whenever I'm playing against it, it's just like very easy to beat. I don't know how else to put it. Like, <laughs> give it to them. They uh, have a very, very um, easy way of playing rubber. around their advantage, the, the way they generate advantage, which is very often through like the planeswalkers and stuff. Otherwise, they don't have stack-based card advantage. Like, like miracles used to play predict and stuff, and then snapcast or predict. That's a lot harder to interact with. Whereas, if you are able to play around the right bits of removal at the right time when you're used to it and then you just have like enough board presence to attack down their planeswalkers they never get a chance to like pull ahead on a bit of tempo and stuff like the days undoing combo is the only thing i think that's kind of good about it as bad as the cards can feel sometimes because they have an unfair slant to it so i i've been like i've got a picture of like an esper displacer kit deck in front of me and i think this is the direction that these players who like the blue white x control deck should start to take because teferi is incredible and he combos with displacer kitten and you can do some really unfair stuff with that but otherwise you just don't have a great way to end the game i think like there's a couple of mentors but there's more removal and legacy than ever with like prismatic ending as well and swords and this and that and then like the planeswalkers yeah they come down they get you a card and then they often get attacked down and it's just yeah it's, it's funny you mentioned that because yeah. I, I've had the same experience whenever I play against these decks, and I, I recently played a bit of Maverick and, of course, Elves. I would sometimes just, like, bring all the Endurances in the world into my main deck just because I can actually, like, put them into an awkward position where they don't know whether they can drop their Planeswalker because there's going to be an Endurance either in response um, or, or, like, at the end of turn. Mm. And, yeah, I... I, I I don't know, it, like a 3-4 attacks past Snapcaster, whatever they might even have. It's, it, it's great. It's it's great 3-4 flash, 3 mana, and sometimes you, you know, interact with the Graveyard, you don't even need to. But yeah. it feels weird, but if yeah. that card is good against your deck, eh. Yeah, I guess I forgot that there's expressive iteration, so they do have, like, stack-based ways to get cards advantage, but I don't know. My point still stands. It, it feels like that. There are some versions playing Merktide, which I think are better, because yeah. they just close the game in a couple of turns, but yeah. That's the one right. version, like, I, I think I talked about that, like, two or three months ago, where those decks started coming back, and I saw a Cheska deck um, that committed to Merc Titan, I think also Dragon Rage Channeler, mm -hmm. and was much less heavy on Planeswalkers. It was more like, like an extra thing they might yeah. have. Uh, and that one I, I liked a lot back then. I don't know how, how well that's doing these days and how good that is, uh, but yeah, if it has Merc Tide, it can only be so bad. I think Mentor's really good as well. They do often play, like, one Mentor in the main or something, and then I think I'd play two or three, but... Uh -huh, right. uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
But be, be aggressive. <laughs> but going back to the meta game, this, this yes. actually blows me away. 45 different archetypes. Actually, 46. 46 different archetypes in a that's field of so 103 many. players. That's literally 50%. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to see, like, a other This is paper. This is absolute paper. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Very cool. It's it's also, like, just there's some real just stuff you haven't seen in ages. There's, like, you've got Manless Dredge, Pox, Food Chain Goblins, Shadow Depths. I guess that's the mono black thing that's been going around recently. Madness Burn. <laughs> One Bant Control. Jessica Control is completely taken over from Bant. But Rose just, like, disappeared. Yeah, it's, com- it's completely gone, yeah. yeah. Also, there's no Doomsday deck. Man, what a shame. Okay. <laughs> there's not a single Doomsday deck. What's going on? That's crazy. Uh, America still needs to, like, listen to the gospel that is Doomsday. Oh, like, yeah. no, Oh, yeah. This this, this wasn't America, right? Now, like, no wonder that Jessica Control was the, the most played deck. That's like... That's Might like, as well be Italy. But you if know, it was like, Italy, it would be, like, 30 people on Jessica Control. I was Control. about to say, yeah. Italy would be, like, <laughs> half the field. Yeah. Represent. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, um, shout-outs to the Leaving a Legacy crew, Cherry and Pat, uh, for putting on these events. That's absolutely amazing. We we want to see number nine. We, we want to see whether you know how to write nine and without consulting Final Fantasy first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There was an even bigger tournament, though. Uh, last Sunday, over it was 315 players. It's not the largest event to ever take place in Magic Online, but certainly one of the lar- largest legacy events I've ever seen in Magic Online. These, Three, these are usually like 250-ish. Exactly, okay. right? This is big. Yeah, I'm, I'm just blown away how different this is, at least with regards to the most played deck, because Blue Red Diver put up 28% of the decks played in the event. I think that's a total of 78 players out of 315. And that's what I mean, right, with the yeah, meta being more absurd. fluid. Absolutely. <laughs> second most played so deck. Much. Holy yeah. moly. It's crazy. <laughs> second most played deck is actually Dragon Stompy, or as people call it, like Moon Stompy. Uh, there's no, even like Blood Moon Aggro is the, is the terrible name now. Ugh. Oh, that's what they call it? Okay. <laughs> well, I've seen it around. What about Blood Moon Combo? Uh, I, I would say Blood Moon Prison, no? Like, has, yeah. it, ever been, has it ever been like an a true aggro deck I don't yeah know. it is now because like, they up. play loads of creatures in the past it was like an ensnaring bridge and chandra deck now it's like yeah, but go- the, at goblins. the very beginning like going back to like 2008 it, it, it was, was dragon like, yeah yeah it's the like, actual dragon deck yeah Rakdos yeah, pit dragon Rakdos pit dragon and gathan riders like yeah. uh, the the, the morphon where you discard a card and it turns into a 5-5 five five. and your boy arxlogger don't forget oh, <laughs> one day it shall return and yeah. it shall be glorious uh, I saw a, a thing on Twitter uh, saying, like, a guy played against Ark Slugger in Legacy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hope they gave him some kind of, like, metal. <laughs> it was just it was just reliving past glories, I think. Oh, oh cool. But yeah, cool. Um, yeah, 9% Dragon Stompy, and then 7% Jeskai Control, 7% 8 cast. That's yeah. that's fairly ex- expected. But this is more Blue Red Elf than I expected. Do you know yeah. how well the decks did and stuff? It depends on... So we got the, the win rate without mirrors. It's... I guess at this point we can kind of estimate it because that's a pretty big sample size. Uh, it had a win rate of fifty-three percent um, without the mirror, of course. I mean that's good. It's not spectacular. You, yeah, Wizards usually like cuts it off at like fifty-five. Like once uh, the most played deck consistently has like fifty-five plus win rate, especially against the most played decks, they are like, oh, we got to do something. But they also wouldn't be looking at just like the single event, like because in the Right. Yeah. If you look yeah. at all yeah. the data they have, and I, I would give them credit that they can, like, not only manually, but somehow. Uh, actually, I wouldn't even know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they manually, manually assign the the deck category to those decks. Right? Yeah, probably. 
Yeah. But um, all, yeah, but also I also don't know like um how, how true the uh, the fifty something percent is because I think Druid Delva is currently focusing so much on beating the mirror game. Yeah. Because they can, they can they can beat anything else. It's it's like if you look at the main decks. I think um I saw the decklist of like Daniel Gertschel the other day, and he played a um, Blue Red Delva deck without Wastelands, for example. He played zero Wastelands. Oh, you're right. It, yeah, he played zero Wastelands, but he had I think up to fifteen creatures or something like that. He had sixteen. S- 16 maybe yeah like he has so many creatures basically you know like the and and uh including a full set of ledger shredder for example which is kind of like a trump card in the mirror game you know things like that so um uh, i i i just don't think that blue red delva really cares too much about other decks these days that sounds so uh, familiar uh, remember as, like- as, as sad as it sounds yeah like, remember when Ragavan was around? That's exactly what we said about the deck when Ragavan was around, where, where people even said, like, it's actually getting bad after Ragavan gets banned, because all of a sudden it's not that um, focused on, on beating Mirror, and it can, like, open up slots to to attack, attack the other decks. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you look at Daniel's deck, Ghoul to Cut in ninth place in this tournament, probably missed it on Breakers. Uh, he's got, like you mentioned, 16 creatures and no Wastelands. Uh, that actually totally escaped my eye, but you're right. He just added more. Looks like... Fetchlands yeah. and the fourth work. Uh, oh no, fourth work kind of got in stand up, but just more fetch. Wait, he's down to 14 mana sources. That's yeah, he didn't actually compensate. He just <laughs> no, no, <laughs> the he, madman. He, he literally, he literally <laughs> just cut the wasteland. And what's crazy, what's, what's so crazy about this is, is because, um, like wastelands <laughs> can at least help cast a uh, letter shredder, right? I mean, that's the only creature it can actually cast the wasteland, but that's the only main yeah. card other than they cast Mistress Burrower. Right, it's also like I think he plays like the full set of Mistress Bauble, so it's it's just really like a like a modern deck, really. Um, I think there are modern Blue Red Delva um deck lists with like almost up to sixteen creatures at this point, and they do play the full set of Baubles. They basically like the, the the best surveil, um, Delirium deck, you know. And I think that's just what they actually the converted mana cost. So, sorry to interrupt you, but this is blowing me away. The converted mana cost of the spells in this deck is actually, I've I've almost never seen something like this in a non combo deck. There's Almost the, like okay, Merktide, whatever you, uh, I would c- cut the uh, count that as two, I guess. But everything else, even the sideboard, is like one, one, one. Uh, Shredder's one. two, and then expected registration is like two, kind of three. Actually, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That yeah. kind of increases yeah. it. But yeah. this is a very, very good expressive iteration deck, also because it plays mm-hmm. the full set of Mishra's Bauble and very few lands. I enjoyed that so much. When I played a lot of Blue Diver before I went to Kenya, um, I grabbed a list that had four Mishra's Bauble, and I was never looking back. I, I understand why people sometimes want to cut them, but they, they synergize so heavily with the rest of the deck. I absolutely love that. I love the two unlicensed hearse in this sideboard as well. Um, I played two at, at my, in, in Painter at my store last night, and I played against Delver in one of the rounds. And like one in game two, I played one and just absolutely single-handedly won the game, keeping them off Merktide, keeping Dragon Red Challenge off um, Delirium, and then basically attacking for the win. I had to combo just before attacking with the win, which is a shame, but so it goes. But um, <laughs> the, so, like talking to my Delver opponent, who was uh, Sahar from London, she's fantastic. She was saying how it's such a good trump in the Delver mirror because all that matters really is Merktide. The Delver is just all about Merktide. So this is why you have two Pyroblast main deck, you have two more to bring in, and then two rather middle blasts as well. Uh, Daniel's playing six blasts, but the hearses are like unblastable, unboltable keep you off DRC and Merktide. So I think it's an amazing trump in the mirror. Yeah, totally. But yeah, that's that's ninth place. Should we, uh, one of you want to take us through the top eight? Yeah, sure. So first place, 
We have Arkan, uh, also known as Legacy Council, who I think snuck in as the only accent too. And as it usually goes, I gotta say, I love, I love this because he is known for complaining about not having played Raw and Magic Online. So it's very fitting that he won after sneaking in as the only 7 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, he played. I almost want to call it checkpile because it's like checkpile and spirit, even though it plays white over over green compared it, to the original checkpile. It's checkpile. This is this is Thomas Mars list. Mine, like yeah. with with he's added one land and he's put one prismatic ending over an inquisition. Otherwise, I think it's pretty much the same. Yeah. There's a stone. Thomas also like recently didn't Thomas um top eight the the biggie went the four seasons he went in uh, Italy did. the other week. He did. He did yeah. yeah. I was I was comparing the decks this afternoon because I knew we'd be talking about it and it's. Yeah, two cards different in the main, one different in the sideboard, I think. It, 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 I don't know if this is the origin of him bringing back the deck, but um, uh, Tomasz Flaczek from, from Prague told me that, I think uh, two months or something ago, they had a memorial event for one of their friends who had died, and they played it in, in Prague. And Tomasz actually brought back Checkpile for that event, and apparently he's stuck to it ever since. So, yeah, this is... Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> Just the Checkpile way. This is the kind of deck I hate. Not, not even like with regards to playing against it or playing it. It's just like the spirit of it. But <laughs> just, yeah, that's just look yeah. at these hymns and this expressive, expressive iteration next to each other with those mana costs. Yeah, I mean, this is this is Hell legacy yeah. junt. Yeah, this is this yeah. is literally just junt with yeah, force of will, moist junt as they call it. <laughs> moist, <laughs> yeah. moist junt. Um. <laughs> and there's also some white in it, so it's actually not all a chunty. But the, the, yeah, in spirit, it's very much a chunt type it's, of gameplay. It's evil Jeskai. Come on, evil. Ch- <laughs> as if Jeskai wasn't already evil in the first place you, you, this is just like you no know, Jeskai is like nice it's soft it doesn't do anything exciting you, yeah, got, you, you, got, yeah, you, you don't sound too convinced you no. guys didn't play standard during uh, during kind of, um, kind of talk here right because there was a Jeskai oh a dark, yeah I did because there was an, a, I think it was it's like dark the, Jeskai the, the, it was called dark Jeskai yeah, right that was like the, the the tier 1 deck back in the day it was like a Tassigur um, it was flashback for Tassigur and Painful Trees and Colgan's Command Right, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much that. And then it, it, like, it was like, like Golden Dark Dwellers just flashback the Colleagues and Command and stuff. It was so cool. It yeah. was so so cool. And then like Mantis Rider and stuff. <laughs> when so, they had, when they had fetches and jewels in the same standard format. Yeah, that was like a modern deck almost. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. what is this actually actually good against? Like, why why are we seeing like Tomas and and Arkan play this? And don't tell me because they are Czech. That, that that's not good enough. <laughs> no. Um, Look, it has Brainstorm and Ponder, and then tons of removal. This is the level of analysis you tune in for, by the way. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I keep going. <laughs> um, it just looks like, okay, look, this deck can obviously be wastelanded out, and it can be dazed out. That's part of it. There's 20 lands. I know Thomas played 19 as well, the Mad Lad, but um, it plays so much removal. So three Prismatic Ending, uh, four Baleful Strix, four Swords of Plowshares, a Colgan's Command, and three Snapcaster Mage as well to, to get them back. The removal uh, Inquisition is also fantastic against Delver just to clear bits and pieces to resolve your like Teferis through Pyroblasts if you need to and stuff like that. I think this deck is just fantastic against Delver. It's going to just grind them out. Like the curve is not that high. It stops at one Jace and then the rest of three drops with Snapcasts and Teferis. And there's still enough like card advantage. So I think this will beat Delver a lot of the time. And yeah. That's probably what he played against most. Like, like, uh, remember when we talked about? Like, it must have been like a, a a while back, but but we compared like a couple of control decks, and I think uh, someone said along those lines of like um, that 
uh, Grixis has a pretty hard time fighting Uro, right? Because there's no prop, no, not efficient removal for Uro. But this deck is basically just like splashing the best white removal in a Grixis deck like that. That's how it looks to me, mm -hmm. at least. Absolutely. Um, and Teferi Time Raveler also fantastic with like all these ETB creatures. If you like, you you can always bounce something, um, you know, on your side if you have to. But again, I think like what this deck really does is like starting from turn one, it's really just gonna try to change as many resources with your opponent and then you know slowly like two for one two for one two for one three for one you know the yeah. way out um uh the biggest the biggest uh weakness of this deck probably the mana base uh it looks somewhat somewhat uh atrocious yeah <laughs> <laughs> like like i mean this deck is like this deck is trying to cast him to torak on turn two and express the situation on turn three right <laughs> Uh, yeah. Also having access to white on the first turn. turn. One, yeah, yeah. Turn one underground sea, Inquisition you. Turn two, um, Badlands, him you. Turn three, iteration. Ton Easy. Yeah, turn, turn three, Tundra for iteration, but then you can't... Oh no, you can't. I guess you can plow. Yeah. You could also just like play a land of yeah. iteration. Right. Easy. Man is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for Tomas, but I think I, I once watched him playing in a tournament where he was losing his win and into dragon stompy just because of the mana base and yeah. Uh, yeah like i'm i'm friend like friendly with him and everything it's just like the decks he plays are the absolute opposite of whatever i want to play so mm -hmm. i wasn't happy for him to lose i was happy for that kind of deck to lose and when i when i walked to the table and it's all like a blood moon there and like all like the lands and played it nothing several cards in hand and i've turned this kind of like yeah this is what you get for playing this deck <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he, like anyone playing this deck knows that it's weak to Blood Moon. It is what it is. I know that when Astrolabe was legal, he only played three Astrolabe, Astrolabes because right. he was like, "I'll just fetch. I just fetch for the jewels I need to cast my spells. I don't, I don't give a shit about wasteland." <laughs> so. Also, like, yeah, also like, give this like give this deck like another week or two, and then we might even see Yorion in the sideboard because this deck, <laughs> this deck's like it, it, it can somewhat, it can somewhat, uh, you know, make use of Yorion pretty well. Yeah, I think uh, we need to add green as well just to. <laughs> Oh, yeah yeah Sh should we move on to the next deck please <laughs> yeah, go for it. please <laughs> so we got first to thirst one of the coolest names on magic online ever since well the account was created i guess <laughs> <laughs> playing it says the epic storm and i guess yeah it actually is the epic storm uh mm -hmm. this is is this yep. the standard list is this version 13.4 alpha or something wish cloud yeah. talisman four way of summer yeah, it looks pretty similar to the last one. Honestly, we, we probably keep saying that. Uh, I don't even know whether the last list we looked at actually had four right of summer, but they probably had. <laughs> I think so. I mean, yeah, the card's really potent. Honestly, like when when Brian talks about like the different versions, I think it's mostly sideboard cards, and then maybe you know a dual changing in the main, depending on which kind of sideboard card you have or haven't. Yeah, main deck. It feels like this main deck has existed for an eternity almost. Well, they were playing white not too long ago. Um, oh, for chances, yeah. For chance and prismatic ending, so I guess they've moved back to this kind of four color, but it's pretty fluid. Like it does change a lot. Um, so Brian's on a bit of a uh, competitive EDH swing at the moment, so maybe he's not been working on it as much. But uh, I'm not sure. This a competitive like EDH one. swing is that what we call like a sabbatical? Swing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what playing. But yeah, it looks pretty standard to me. Can't see anything out of the ordinary. Yeah, and we're not even going to try to say anything. <laughs> Good job, first to first, uh, second place. And moving on to third place, we have Boywinkle6705. That's that's one of the Sumas, right? Yes, Isaac. 
Isaac, Isaac on Blue Red Delver. I think there's there's a well, pretty big overlap between being a Sumo and playing Blue Red Delver. Well, it's not Delver. He's the one that's been yeah. like, he was doing Blue Red Saga for a long time. Um, there's no Sagas here now, but right. this is three Legend Shredder, no Delvers. Um, this is two days, two Predict, two Wasteland. Right. It's it's a mid-range deck. Oh, this is basically much, basically Blue Red Diver um, trying to next level the, the Blue Red Diver. Exactly. Yeah. Like going a little more fat, yeah. Right. Yeah, so so there's, as we said, so there's like your threat suite is four DRC, four Merc Tide, and three Ledger Shredder and one Borrower. So it basically Shredders over Delvers in a sense. But then you've got Express Federation, Ponders, normal four Brainstorm, but then two days to predict is unusual. Like, so again, he's saying, I'm trying to next level it and be... I have more card advantage. So with four expedited iteration and two predict, you're really banking on these spells to draw two and just pull ahead like that. And there's two pyroblasts in the main deck as well, which is pretty standard now. And then yeah, eighteen land, um, one sanctuary, and two wasteland. Four bauble again. Bauble just plays so well with DRC and Shredder that it makes total sense. And also I mean, plays also well predict, predict. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean he's just constantly in the top eight of these events. Right. However, people. Um, talk about this deck however they think it's good or bad whether they think devil should be there he carries on picking up results while they talk about it <laughs> that's one outrageous yeah. card in the sideboard court vire yeah <laughs> yeah i wouldn't have known what that does what does it do well it's a five mana enchantment hello <laughs> legacy so, uh, that's like before we hear what the card does that's a massive statement to where he thinks that like what point the games are going to yeah, exactly. So this is three colorless and two red. When Court of Iraq enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, Court of Iraq deals two damage to any target. If you're the monarch, it deals seven damage to that player or permanent instead. <laughs> Oof, that's that's yeah. just crazy. Like that's you mentioned, crazy. right? We we cut a lot of like of the early game stuff and also some right. of the tempo stuff. We cut down to two days, two wasteland. We removed all the dialogues. Uh, we have more of the mid-range stuff. And like Callum mentioned, right, this is a statement um, towards, you think, some of the games where you bring it in might navigate, where you play this. And I think Card of Cunning used to be a lot more common, uh, but so oh. is Pyroblast. So I yeah, guess I was going to idea... say, this can't be Pyroblasted. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And it's also not a Planeswalker. So, like, there's a lot of decks who might actually struggle removing this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's... Um. Cool. Two countdowns yeah. as well. Kind of goes along the same game plan. Like, yeah. um, just playing permanents that are hard to deal with. Can be pyroblasted, obviously. Can be countered, but once it's in play, it's hard to pyroblast. Um, I've been watching, like, Javis U has always streamed a lot recently, and whenever he's playing Legacy, like, all the Delver decks have counterbalance, and they're just, like, every time it comes down, you're just like, God, this is so frustrating. Yeah. Sometimes it just blind flips, sometimes it doesn't. They obviously have tons of cantrips and bauble to help with it and stuff, so... Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like ima imagine your opponent like forces something and then you you reveal like court of fire. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, oh my goodness! Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, call the ambulance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> you know what? But there's like something about this deck list that really makes me happy, like personally, because um, this deck and my modern blue red Merc deck. Do run exactly the same number of creatures and like the same, like exactly the same, exactly the same. It's one Brazen Borrower, four Dragon Rage Channel, three Ledger Shredder, and four Murktide Regents. Oh no, excuse me, no, I do, I do run Ragavans, excuse me. Okay, well, no Dragon Rage Channel. <laughs> oh, maybe you should play Ragavan in this deck actually. <laughs> <laughs> Figuring it out one step at a time. Oh yeah. Okay, Close. also like, yeah, it was like Ragavan kind of supports Court of Iron now. Close enough. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> the one drop supports the five drop. Yeah. <laughs> loving it, loving it. So in fourth place, we have Garland on looks to be straight up green, red lands, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the one interesting thing I see is there's a stomping ground instead of the third tiger, which I guess... That's the field of the dead. That's exactly. a yeah, field of yeah. the dead. Yeah. It's a... Feeds the field of the dead. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, cool. pretty pretty straightforward, right? Three crop mm. rotation is like trimmed one of them. It's I think they make. Four. Yeah, I think they may have to make a little room for like those extra copies of endurance. I think in the main board, mm. right? Probably. Yeah. Like you can't fit any everything at the same time. Well, yeah. I guess you could just like go over sixty cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dude, Yorian eight, lands. Eighty eighty card lands. Here we make go. Make it even harder to find that exploration. <laughs> this is just the one dot depths. Yeah, two reclaimers kind of normal as well. But yeah, one dot depths and then one field. I've often seen people playing more depths in the main deck and then like one field in the sideboard for the slow matchups. But they split the difference here, and uh, I guess they're just saying like you know I'm gonna play control control. It's it's more of a saga deck these days as well. So you got your yeah, four sagas, much. three stages. So yeah, I like the sideboard. I think very often in lands you see a lot of like one or two ofs here and there, but like this is. Uh, four blasts, four sphere, two choke, three force of vigor, two surgical, like just multiples of cards that you know are good and do their job. Yeah. This is my school of sideboarding <laughs> or of sideboard building. This, yeah. this, if you hire me to construct your sideboard, this is what you're gonna get. It's gonna be four progenitors, four creative PMR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta patch up that. I don't know, um, Eureka decks or something. <laughs> yeah. I guess it wouldn't even be good against Eureka. No. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in my full progenitors, okay. <laughs> and put in Kratov Behemoth, pass yeah, the turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So, fifth place, we got Progress Wizard, another um, well, top eight regular. And this looks to be Black Red Reanimator, uh, splashing white, probably for Serenity. Yeah, Serenity, right here, that's the white we got in the side part. Yeah. Uh, no Chancellor, actually, the one of Chancellor main, uh, two Archon of Cruelty, uh, for Grief, for Grizzlebrand, one Sarah Emis Sarah's Emissary. Uh, those are that's like a pretty usual selection i think we've yeah. seen lists that played for arkan uh, like a, basically before i went to kenya <laughs> like a yeah. month or two ago i think but they're still not... around but if, if, like grief is not always a four of as well it's sometimes two to four um there are the other three chances in the sideboard as well so i guess they come in on the play against a lot of decks i think right yeah. i didn't do the work it myself but i know um Matthew Vuk, aka Ozymandias17, he wrote a big thing about the results from this event. And he said, Black Red Reanimator, like, there's always one person in the top eights of these showcase challenges, but it always does incredibly badly. Um, <laughs> take of that what you will. I think yeah. I think it is a very high skill cap deck. Like, right. um, Poker's Wizard, I'm pretty sure, has done well with Reanimator multiple times in these big events. And, like, yeah, I think. It, I, mean, I think it's much of, harder to play, to, to play than people think. I mean, outside of the games where it's just like you're off a stump your opponent, you really have to like pick your spot and, and sometimes like just go for the flashback Faithless Looting in, instead of going crazy. And that's something uh, Eric Landon back then told me when, when I played the deck in the last Legacy Premier League uh, many millennia ago. And he really opened up my eyes. Uh, I don't know if Eric... Uh, he's around he's actually like crushing the, the Legacy Leagues. I don't know mm -hmm. if he does coaching but the kind of coaching I got from him about that deck... That's one of the things that I actually remember at at widening my horizon um, about, well, I guess this deck, not Magic as a whole, but certainly this deck. And yeah, there's much more to it than I initially thought there is. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So 
this deck's always gonna be around. Uh, yeah. Um, this version doesn't play uh, doesn't play the the blue splash like you see sometimes with like show and tells in the sideboard, which yeah, I think is like I a, hate it. You see it in which every other like, league yeah, I play, <laughs> which I think is like a really cool tech, you know, just like punishing people for playing like Leyland of the Void, especially in leagues, like it happens so often. But oh, yeah. this this list just doesn't <laughs> do, doesn't even fuck around, you know. It's just boom. I think you rarely see that in the big events. Yeah, because it sucks, probably. <laughs> or maybe it doesn't suck, but it, it's just like it happens all the time. Leagues when I play against the deck. And I, uh, you, you sometimes just straight up just don't see it coming and you also don't feel like you prepare for it. You, you got the, right. like your ley line, your, your endurance, your, your small little beta, and then all of a sudden, boom, Grizzlebrand. Right. Yeah. Well, whoop, whoop. Sixth <laughs> place, Masio Cavallo, uh, K-Ball. Uh, he plays... Is this one of the older Blue Red Devil lists? Uh, well, we call it old. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> straight up standardish, right? Just one like Mishra's Bubble, two Power Blast main deck. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's actually kind of crazy how, how standard two Power Blast main deck is. Like, we, we already started talking about when when it became like one off main deck as a standard yeah. thing. I don't know if people would do it in leagues. Like, in leagues, I play against a lot of non blue stuff, but in, in yeah. these big tournaments, especially if you like make your way past a couple of random decks, you consistently run into blue decks. I, I would call out one Pyroblast as unusual now. It's, it's, just, it's just straight up two. <laughs> two, is, two is in every... Unusual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two is the right number. Yeah. <laughs> two is the right number. Of, uh, how long... Uh, like, is, is something going to get banned or are we actually going to see three become a thing? I mean, I, it frees up, frees up another side slot. I think if uh, Displacer Kitten does start to, like, more copies yeah. come online as well, I think we'll see three. It's oh, pretty expensive, yeah. right? It is. I think it is. It's like 65 tickets or 62 or something. Wow, a pop? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. yeah. Cool. Well, we're, I mean, we're... I, like, you, you could see three power blasts if they if you add also like some couple of like ledger shredders maybe to the deck, you know, just like mm -hmm. a way to like loot them away, you know, against like non-blue matchups. But like, I think two already is a pretty big statement in like, in a deck with so many cantrips and so much so much isn't that this enchantment for two mana uh something something pedantic learning or something maybe it's something else uh it's like two mana and when it goes through graveyard you draw three cards and it's blue hatching plans hatching, hatching plans, plans that's yes. the one i love that card with um <laughs> i love it so much there's also like a white one called promise of bunray which you get like four spirit tokens and the cards go with them is like this one blue instant from Ice Age, which is like sacrifice a permanent, draw two cards. So you put them together, Ooh. you draw five cards. <laughs> okay, now that's something else. Perilous Recept, <laughs> that's the one. Oh, oh actually, though, yeah, those people did that in Legacy. Uh, yeah. But never really like it like as a good thing. 25,000 years ago. Yeah, when During the, the Ice Ages, yeah. The... By the way, my little niece, I, I just visited her before, before I came to the podcast tonight. She told, she's three years old. So she told me, um, too many animals are being killed around the world mm -hmm. <laughs> but but to her like the big problem with that was that we will run out of food because then like, if we, <laughs> <laughs> if, we oh, if we kill too many animals then we will run out of food because then we there are none uh, around to eat and then like she thought for a couple of seconds and then she, she had this brilliant idea and then she told me but actually then the dinosaurs are gonna come back and then she was super excited for it and i asked her which dinosaur she wants to eat and she's like a t-rex yeah <laughs> hell yeah it makes yeah. perfect sense yeah <laughs> i don't know how i actually got to that but yeah this is this one least she's amazing <laughs> seventh place baku 91 uh, another certified suma i'm not sure no this is a spanish player and you literally know everybody in Magic Online. Like, yeah. the, if Magic Online ever has like a database breach or something, and they can't recover anything, uh, Calum is going to be like, "Okay, 
let me let me sit down. So this is Baku ninety one. Yep, Spanish player. This guy, that's his passport. Oh, blah blah. blah I blah, blah, I like blah. keeping up. To, I like I like knowing the players, know what they do, keeping up with things, etc. etc. This you is really his... bringing paper magic to Magic Online. <laughs> it's it's similar actually. Yeah, yeah. Like I I like I'm always like when if I'm getting into another game or whatever, I like to learn about the players and yeah that kind of stuff. So I follow yeah. loads of these people on Twitter as the the cheat code. So I know what oh. they're up to. Um. <laughs> Whenever I see like a legacy player, I'll just follow them on Twitter and then see their information. This is his fifth consecutive legacy event top eight. Whoa! Uh, he said uh, he t- he's taken like a few breaks, but he said like he's yeah he's always, he always plays Elva like he's just through and through forever and um, yeah the guy's a crusher. Well, yeah, he does exactly that. He plays one Delva in this deck. <laughs> oh, shit, <laughs> yeah. it is actually like, one Delva. That, like yeah. that is so on brand. But oh my God. Uh, gosh, this deckless is. Man, I, I don't want to say ugly, but it really is something. <laughs> it, it definitely is something else. Holy shit. This one Delva, one Stifle, just for the fear in you. Three days, three days one, one force of negation. negation. Like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Uh, one force of negation is too unusual, yeah. right? People yeah. Just, it's, it's, but it's, yeah. But it's, it almost looks like, you know, like you cut the fourth days for a force of negation. <laughs> like, that's yeah. like how it looks like. Mm. Do you know, you've, you know you've, cut, you've cut one... Delver for Stifle. They're both one blue mana. So. <laughs> you know how that one of Delver looks like to me? That looks like to me like when, when Top was banned and people still put like a one of Terminus into their control deck so they would be like, I still play Miracles. Like, yeah, and you right. sign it out every single time. And then like <laughs> it starts out in the side part and they are like, this is the Miracles. And then they cut it and they're like, it's an archetype. It's Miracles. <laughs> it's a state of mind. Yeah. And this is this is the one of Delva. This is like no, I am still a Delva player. Right. I mean, like you have to play the one Delva because you have so many force effects, right? Like you gotta pitch something, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why it's there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, um, an old friend making a comeback in the sideboard, Sulfur Elemental. That card used to see a lot more play, and it's like it doesn't wreck Death in Texas as much as it used to, but it's still like pretty good against them. Uh, yeah, I, I like the card. Yeah, it it also like randomly hoses like a monastery mentor, right? Like yeah. you know, out of Jeskai control. Occasionally. Uh, it's also just like a three mana, three two flash can't be countered, which is kind of interesting. Like against the mentor decks, yeah, it can like mop up some tokens and then it's also just something that comes down, attacks a planeswalker, like a Narset or whatever. Right. Are, are there enough like would you guys say that mentor is enough of a factor on legacy right now? And and remember that I haven't played for a month. That's this goes into the consideration to include Surfer Elemental? Uh, probably I, not. N- probably not, but what what I, what I like about uh, Surfer Elemental in this list in particular is that be- uh, is that the fact that the stack doesn't run many creatures in the main. It only runs 10 creatures. One of them is a Delver. And uh, <laughs> so like like going up to 11 creatures against Jeska is not the worst, I think, like, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of like pressuring planes focus and things like that. Also like, rem- like imagine if, if your opponent goes like, I don't know, like Narset, you know, and has like a, a prismatic ending in hand, you know, like the Sofa Elemental really can't be prismatic ending, you know, when it comes in, into field. And yeah. Oh, that's actually, it, that's, it, that's it, a really it, cool dynamic, yeah. right? They sit behind the forest. They think they're safe to drop the Narset. And then you, you, you just get down to Sulfur Elemental. They can't um, p- p- uh, pedantic, I was going to say, prismatic ending it on your turn, of course. And, and then you just take down the Narset, even though they're sitting behind a force. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It might it might have some game. Also, like it's it's a red threat. You know, it can't be power blast. Doing that, I, maybe yeah, maybe this is just huge. Just not being blue as a creature. It can't be power blast. Is just a new thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just a new thing. You know, I remember. Um, that's that's a very long time ago. Like readers of the source will remember. And I think I have also not, uh, mentioned this on the podcast before. There used to be this custom keyword that people used um, to explain cards, even when cards are spoiled, and it's awesome. I don't know if you guys remember what the keyword awesome was supposed to mean, like as as a community thing, never as an official thing. You don't? You don't? I mean, I don't blame you. It's a long time ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, um, yeah, that's also a little bit cringy. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to tell the story. Uh, no, there's Come no on. big story to it. There's really no big story. Basically, awesome means the card is blue. So oh. people, you know how people would sometimes have like code talk and I think it's cool. That, that was the source <laughs> like 15 years ago um, when people were discussing the upsides of one card over the other. When the card was blue, whereas the other card was not blue, they would like list all the advantages of the blue card. And then as a thing to like tip the scales in, in that favor, they would say, oh, and it also has awesome, which means it's blue. So it pitches force. I remember force. this now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny, like, how these <laughs> days it's the exact opposite. This card like, is not awesome. Love... Let's put it on our sideboard. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah. We, we love cards that are not awesome, that don't have awesome. It's Yeah, we've come a long way. But, yeah, this is, this is the state of Legacy right now. Nice. We want cards that Legacy don't have Legacy is not awesome. awesome right now. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but in speaking of awesome, eighth place, Fluffy21, I think, from Sweden. Uh, Indeed. Isn't he actually the Swedish... I want to say Legacy Champion. I could be wrong. He won a pretty big event there. Yep. I can't remember the name of the event, but he's friends with Mark Marcus and he did... Oh, that I'm pretty sure awesome. he won that last, like, big event. Oh, like, Sweden Invitational, probably. <laughs> That's what you call it. The Sweden <laughs> yeah, yeah. Invitational. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sweden Invitational. Same one where there was, like, two eight casts with that red enchantment in the sideboard. That's why I remember it. Oh, yeah. Where we were saying, like, this is probably, like, some kind of, like, Swedish tech for the Europa metagame. Grid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is a very, very classical Fs list. A place once upon a time, which Old I think has been adopted into, yeah, yeah, both lists. Three Busichu who endures. Um, usually see two, uh, but uh, I can see three. I'm pretty happy whenever I see it in either version of the deck. Uh, other than that, oh yeah, the I think the the, the one interesting thing is three Birchlow Rangers. That card is really good, and it makes for like Heritage Shoot hands down is the worst card in the deck. Like it, it, that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. Even though it's one of the most forced cards in the deck and one of the most feared cards in the deck. Well, it's still but, it's so much better with there's full Metal Sentinel now. Like exactly, is, exactly. Yeah. And and that's why Virtual Rangers is awesome because on the second turn you you have so many more explosive second turns when you have Virtual Rangers uh, and Metal Sentinel. And I, I think most people who play classic elves, they they want more virtual rangers. Whenever you 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 see that, you feel like ah, you know, I kind of want to play more. They are awesome. Actually, mm-hmm. they don't have awesome, but you get. <laughs> so yeah, right. F- Fluffy, I think, has stuck to this version for for a long time, and yeah, it's suddenly paying off for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dig it a lot. It's it's not it's not really that gro- uh, like it doesn't have the 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 typical hate in this in the main board and from the collector Oof, for example, Grist, you know, like super grindy tool. Like it's not also doesn't see any play in, in the main like this this main deck looks pretty much like a like it's, a com like a combo-ish, a combo-ish, yeah, a combo-ish approach yeah. yeah it's totally a combo deck whereas like yeah. the reclaimer grist collector roof uh is is like it's a combo mid-range deck to try and find the words but this yeah. is uh this is straight up a combo deck obviously it grinds symbiote and visionary best friends forever they're still there doing their thing but like 
Yeah, this is looking to hoof you or shepherd you, basically. Okay. Also, yeah, quick, also quick question. Like, what, uh, what do you think? Like, who's favorite? Like, Elves or Delver? Like, in, if they have, like, a direct match? Uh, it's, like, first of all, the one just, who wins the die roll, I would say. Okay. But then it heavily depends on, like, how geared towards, um, like, the matchup either sideboard is. I think Delver can do a lot more damage if they want to commit, like having multiple copies of like submerge and end the festivities elves yeah. usually already has a sideboard that addresses Derba quite well because if it doesn't and 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 Derba sees the sideboard cards then you i mean you don't always get wrecked but I, I always feel like the matchup is pretty close and like something like die roll and and sideboard construction tips it either way uh and i'm just saying that because there's you know the conventional wisdom and legacy of oh elves wreck Derba, and it's just like it's not like that it's not true right that makes yeah. sense to me. L looking at the rest of the top eight, the sideboards are like going down. So we have Bullwinkle's one is like one rough tumble. So pretty bad. So your elves will probably come out ahead there. Uh, Marcio's one is one ends the festivities, one rough tumble. And then Baku 91's one is two submerged, one in the festivities. Um, yeah, like two, the submerges feel pretty great. Like yeah. to, to counter a, a, a Alistar or a Shepherd especially and then like force a will the natural order kind of thing. Yeah, but one thing that is just like so backbreaking is if you go for turn one send it for, for Dry Dabba and they, they submerge it's like Oh yeah. Oh it, my god. It really feels like literal time walk. Yeah. Uh, one interesting thing though, um in the sideboard of, of Fluffy and also in the main... Oh, oh, this all comes together now. This makes so much more sense. Oh my god, I'm, I'm discovering something. Okay, cool. Let's start off. Um, there's no Abrupt Decay and there's no Assassin's Trophy in the sideboard. So I in immediately look at the at the lands and there's no Bayou. There's no Black oh. Source among the lands. And now all of a sudden it makes so much more sense that you run three Virtual Rangers because that's literally the only card that casts Grist other than Greens and Senate, I guess. Oh. And Carpet of Flowers, if you if you want to count that. Oh wow, this deck runs Quattro Forest. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Which certainly helps you out in the in the Diver matchup. Even though you, you'd love to have Assassin's Trophy for, for the Merc Tide, because as I see it, like big Merc Tide early on, if they like stop your development, um, that could be a problem. On the other hand, of course, you are a lot more combo-y. Uh, so you you know when I look at this list, I, I kind of feel like I want a natural order target that just like insulates me against any kind of flyer that attacks me and i don't even know if it's supposed to be elder scale worm uh, probably not but but something uh but yeah I, I would need to think about this a lot more i like the three carpet of flowers on the sideboard it's always like a very solid choice against Diver. right uh, i would think like looking at this list maybe the idea is to keep natural order uh but let's say you bring in three carpet of flowers you bring in two endurances that's five maybe you bring in the choke six probably uh, yeah, seven. Okay, in that case, maybe Leyline. I'm still undecided on whether I want Leyline against Blue Red or not. Uh, it's like so and so. Uh, actually, I would need to think about this more. Maybe you do cut in the right. natural orders. Uh, but yeah, but, this. But like, is like, is it crazy if I assume that maybe the deck wants to keep pushing post, even post sideboard against Delver? You know, yeah. like, like not even trying to be like reactive and like trying to answer the threats, but just keep pushing the combo and like more, you know, yeah. aggressive glimpses and so on, yeah. and just make make Delver fall behind a little bit, you know, so they can, they have to start digging for answers. Yeah. But you're I, I, all, I can you're see all, that. you always pushing. I can see that. that that's why I, like, I was saying, okay, maybe I want to keep the natural orders because we, we, like, 
even though we don't have anything that we can actually order for that stabilizes the game uh, with this kind of deck you might very likely be in a position where you can just go for for the kill like you, if your natural order resolves you get the kratov and you might just like beat them down like that's your answer to Merktide. hit you in the face for 60 or something <laughs> right so I like cool. that I like that approach a lot and because like the the carpet of flowers they also kind of like support this whole game plan right like of like even if you're on the draw like it, it kind of like pushes so much mana and for uh, turn two or three that you can like even if they're both like a creature like a mana dork or two you can kind mm -hmm. of like easily come back to the game and maybe like randomly resolve natural order against them post sideboard. Yeah, I guess it's also a lot easier when you have like four forests which makes it much easier to like just like put lands on the board and make them stick yeah. Cool. Damn, yeah, dude, so cool. fluffy, fluffy, really carrying the torch of classical elves. Uh, uh, going back to what I say almost every other episode, I want to play this now. <laughs> <laughs> it feels, yeah, it's such a throwback to Nettle Sentinel days. Cool. So yeah, that's that's the top eight. Um, maybe I'm gonna very quickly round out the top sixteen because that's that's such a big event. We got uh, Daniel Gutschel, Gould Ducat, ninth place, Blue Red Delvar. 10th place, Hodor time, <laughs> Hodor time, baby. <laughs> uh, this looks to be Delvarless Delva, right? Uh, Blue Red Delvarless Delva, is that it? Yeah, this thing with like Predict, Dazes, yeah, uh, two Dazes, okay. Uh, 11th place, Alejandro Kirk uh, playing, what's the proper name for this? Is this like Blood Moon Aggro? Like it plays like Fireflux Squad, Goblin Rebel Master, Layla the Blade Reforged. I just say Moonstompy. I always, yeah, yeah, always yeah, yeah. stumpy. Make yeah. it easy. Triars, 12th place, another uh, Blue Red Delva. Aaron Relentless, 13th place. Ooh, Aaron's usually known for either playing elves or death and taxes. This time it's Oops All Spells. So I, I saw him <laughs> talk about this a little bit, and he said he thought it was a good medical because uh, Cyborg Hate was like shifting away because people were trying to do Soft Hate to try and combat Delva as well with it and stuff. And this deck can beat Soft Hate fairly reasonably. I guess um, on top of that, both yeah. decks that he plays um, are not the kind of decks you would expect to kill you in the first turn. Yeah, he also said like people know him for playing elves in D&T, so like, people will mulligan or not against those two decks. So he's known to play on like other accounts for big events, but he probably thought, I'm going to play on Era Relentless because people know I play those decks and then you know play this, play hoops. Yeah, I guess for this event, you also you need a 40 QPs, and you don't always have those on, on your like alternate accounts. That's true, yeah. yeah. He's playing, so, playing the system. You know, yeah. <laughs> 14th player, Raptor 56, uh, green, red, lands, leaning a little bit more on the dark depth, three copies. And 15th place, Chuckmoth PT playing, well, Yorian Death in Texas. Uh, is there any any of the new uh, Extractor dudes? Like, Extraction no. Specialist. There's a one-off. There's a one-off Extraction oh, there Specialist. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. Oh. That card might actually become a real thing. I, I love it. <laughs> also, I see a lot more Kataki's War Switch lately in Legacy again. Uh, there's one on the sideboard here as well. Uh, maybe that's just, I guess, 8-cast is the idea, right? Yeah. 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 And 16th place, drowning it out. Leofa uh, playing. Oh god, what is this? This what gotta be like 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 bad bad <laughs> bad bad. Uh, what's it called? Like blue oh, for abundant growth. Yeah, yeah blue blue, blue zenith. Blue zenith. Yeah. Is it blue zenith? I thought blue zenith was the. This, oh, bug zenith is the other one. Yeah, this is blue zenith. You're right. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Legacy deck names, but I mean, this is pretty distinct, uh, especially yeah. for abundant growth. Okay. This is four color. It has Leovold and Omnath. It's Five color actually. 
just quickly going through the rest. I, I just like I can't stop myself. But yeah, um, we're, we're gonna link all the other decks in the show notes. Uh, oh, there's a lot more blue red driver as you would expect. There was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Yenko eighty eight playing a like Jeskai painter. <laughs> Jeskai painter. Uh, I guess you gotta tell us about that. Uh, maybe in a future episode or something <laughs> i don't really understand it but it's got painter so oh you know when it's paint and you don't understand it it usually means that it's either bad or and or like very deep and at least one of those things makes it interesting to me no comment <laughs> i've no idea <laughs> in speaking of bruce um before we close out the show um on our patreon uh, on our discord pat dan i'm sorry uh hopefully don't mispronounce oh, yes. your name you you're did I horribly mispronounce it? I think Pet Dan, I think. Okay, awesome. <laughs> uh, very long time support of the show recently asked a question, and that's, that was, which brews do you feel are currently underexplored? And to me, that was interesting. Uh, I think, Callum, you actually pointed out the question as a potential topic for an entire episode. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we are touching on it today. What would underexplored even mean? And and Petan goes deeper into it, and I have a follow up quote to that. But initially, like, what what does it mean to you when a when a deck or deck concept is underexplored and legacy? Oh, it's it's really hard to brew or find these underexplored decks in legacy at the moment because more than ever, I felt like the top decks punish the 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 power creep thing is no no secret like cards are more powerful decks are more powerful and brews are like kind of exploring different synergies that haven't worked in the past for whatever reason and as formats get more powerful like one removal spell can break up a cool little synergy or a counter spell and stuff and since the since the printing of like force of negation it's meant that i don't know i know that like it's not that common in midnex anymore but for a while there's been like six or seven counter spells forces in blue decks it's just made brewing i found very hard and it's just a real slog but for underexplored i don't have anything on top of my head but it'd be very often like metagaming working out like what's good against the current top decks as usual as you would with like kind of working out your sideboard for any of your normal decks and then i would try and like look into cards that are not played that much and approach from that angle so Right now, with the printing of Prismatic Ending, we're seeing so much removal in main decks like for permanent. So Source Power Shares, there's Lightning Bolts everywhere, there's Pyroblast, Prismatic Ending. So I'll be trying to find some stack-based combos. So um, actually, on actually a underexplored thing, I think, is the the um, Sudden Substitution deck, which I know Jax has been playing a bunch of. So Sudden Substitution is like a four-mana instant, three and a blue. And it's got split second, so it's very good against Calamagic like that. And you exchange control of a creature and a spell. Um, so you was it, you cast a pact, like Pact of the Titan or any of the other pacts, and then you tap your Forbidden Orchard and then you exchange their their um, creature for your spell and then they get a pact and then lose the trigger very often. Um, it's kind of cool that it's very hard to interact with. Um like having split second and sudden substitution and you need them to either play creatures or you tap your forbidden orchard so that's that's one that could be called underexplored and it's also tapping the vein of it's a spell-based combo and you know it's uh that could be worth exploring but past that yeah it's like if if there was less removal in the format i'd be looking for like permanent based combo or something or um 
Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of one. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I definitely know brews that are like currently overexplored, and that's like everything. <laughs> a, any deck of Etherwild. I think like in the last couple of episodes, we covered <laughs> so many, so many brews of Etherwild, be it like dwarfs of <laughs> dwarfs, changelings yeah. or <laughs> what have you, slivers, like all that jazz. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, if sorry, I've, I've just thought of a deck which like, completely answers everything, but finish. <laughs> No, no, no! I, I, I already finished. <laughs> okay, um, I think um, ad nauseum like lands is actually quite good. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. What? Oh my goodness! Can we, can, can we please go back? You just said what? Yeah, so like you play a bunch of fast mana in uh, Lowe's pedals and Mox Opals or all this like artifact mana stuff, and then you play ad nauseum, and then you play like stage depths as well. Sorry, has that ever been a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you play Cunning Wish <laughs> as well. It's uh, it's, this, it's been a thing in the past. Some kind of fever dream. No, no, like no maybe, it's yeah, it's, maybe yeah, maybe in England, yeah. God, you guys, suck. you guys think you know legacy, but you don't even know about ad nauseum lands, ad nauseum depths. <laughs> Dude, it, it's like the, it's like this ridiculous land deck which has like a little bit of fast mana. I, I'm I'm a couple of like mana rocks, I think, and then cunning wish uh, and and ad nauseum, right? You know, and, like, you know what? I'm actually yeah, I'm, you can play like discard spells as well. I feel a little bit guilty. Like this is maybe pe- people like us are the reason why it's underexplored because we make immediately make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna track down make a list and find out oh more. You, you're gonna make a list i thought there already was a list well yeah there is but i'll try and find it ad nauseum but actually t- t- tell me yes. a little like what does it do if the if the nauseum thing fails you, you you're still like a oh, d- dark depth thing right yeah, yeah. You, you basically still go dark depths i think it still plays the uh richard ports and, and wastelands i think so you kind of you kind of do the lands thing it's just that like occasionally you can, you can also just like kind of go off if ad nauseum into i think it was wasn't i thought it was cunning wish into like into some i don't know some um either an angel's grace or something or like sort of like a brain freeze or some, some, some i right, literally have never heard Dude. about this deck here we go um i've just found one on moxfield from alex zephyr mage this is roughly what i was thinking though three uh, vampire hex mage. before you start before you start which year um Last updated eight days ago. Get out of here, Julian. I'm going to give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> three Vampire Hex Mage, four Profane Tutor, one Ad Nauseum, three Cunning Wish, four Pact of Negation, three Chalice of the Void, one Chrome Mox, one Expedition Map, one LED, four Lowe's Pedal, four Mox Diamond, four Mox Opal, one Shadow Spear, four Dark Depths, four Ottawara, Ottawara, actually, three Peat Bog, two Swamp, four Thespian Sage, two Chilari West, two Underground Sea, one Urborg, four Urza's Saga, two Vault of Whispers, and then the sideboard is Ad Nauseum, Chalice, three EE, Fluster Storm, Lightning Storm, Not of This World, Pithy Needle, three Slaughter Pack, three Tormod's Crypt. How many combos in there? Three Vampire Hex Mage, and then three, four Thespian Stage, and uh, four Dark Depths. Then you have four Profane Tutor to find your other combos. You have Cunning Wish and Ad Nauseum in the main deck. Ad Nauseum can just draw your things, and then you go for the Depths thing. It's a Chalice deck as well, three, chalice, three Chalices in the main. Four Packs of Navigation against other Counter Magic. And then you just have four Sagas, and then four Stage and four Depths to just play things out, and an Urborg. There's a lot going on here. Right, like so, Im- Im- yeah. Imagine popping off uh, with a saga to get Chromox. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? I think I this is. I think this looks pretty decent. So this is my answer for underexplored. It plays decks. Pete Bog. That's the the black separate and scary, right? The yeah. Macadia masks. Uh, well, separate and scary, aka the blue hickory woodlot. Exactly. Yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> the one that you, it comes into play. Tapped, tapped and you can tap it counters. like twice for two cut up mana exactly and yeah. then it dies yep that's the one i mean it does it has cool artwork i like it but yeah 
I, I, somehow that that completely escaped my awareness. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. If 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 that's this, if this is how you keep up with legacy, you know. Yeah. Uh, t- turns out I'm gonna get booted from the cast very soon. <laughs> it's yeah. I go um, to Kenya one time and people play ad nauseum lands. Like guys, please. It was. This is this is definitely like a newer, updated one. But there was there's been this kind of deck. It was always a chalice deck as well. I remember now. They were there was decks there was lists in the past like ages ago, um, before okay. Saga obviously. And, um, and you're basically saying this this is cool because it's. Well, it's I've just the, I've just found a version from 2017 in okay. Nightwear. 68 players. They came third. Okay. Yeah, I'm just. Oh yeah, they used to play Zero Norb as well. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, this is getting better. Um, but, but 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 going back to the initial um, thing, because that that that's um, what Pete then actually sent us, and I think the the question about which brews are underexplored is actually more like a question about what are the current boundaries of legacy and how do we ex- uh, exploit that. Uh, to quote, I feel like a meta-defining aspect now is that control decks perhaps run four sorts of plowshares and four prismatic ending. What cards and strategies are good against that? Anything there that's underbrewed, which also needs to be good against Delver. I forgot about this part of the question, and he's basically covered exactly what I said first. <laughs> okay, like, I'm, I'm yeah. just going to say it once. It's Nimble Mongoose, you know. <laughs> it is. Nimble, yeah. Nimble Mongoose, True Name Nemesis, like those kind of th- those type of creatures. Oh, imagine if Nimble Mongoose didn't have to deal with a 3-4 flash. Oh, uh, yeah. That yeah. gets rid of your graveyard. I mean, that, that, I mean, that obviously sucks. Oh, this is but... so horrible, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Endurance is like the alpha predator oh, of Mongoose. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know, I kill you and all your, all, all your friends too, you know, like all yeah. your upcoming friends. You can't even bolt Oh, it. my goodness. Yeah. That's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, that turned around pretty quickly. <laughs> Otherwise, I agree. Like, if you look at the, the check pile list, like, apart from Strix, they just cannot deal with Mongoose. Right. It's so... actually kind of funny how Mongoose is... is... What is actually missing from Mongoose to make it like viable again, like first strike or something? I don't know. I know. I think flying probably. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably flying. Flying first strike haste. Yeah. Split second. It's like I. Th- I think there's like the like the, like the biggest change in legacy like recently is that there's like so much stuff that gets like put on the put on the battlefield. I think relatively quickly. Like even the control decks play so many permanents, creatures, and, and planes focus and whatnot. Yeah, uh, that's true. Kind of like to to like gum up the board, and uh, it it's it's just not really like I think Nimble Mongoose was the best in Legacy when Legacy was like a spell based uh, format where people just played a bunch of counter magic discard and things like that, or like easy to kill creatures also like Stoneforge Mystic and things like that. Yeah, now there's so many vile decks, and then exactly as you say, there's like even the blue decks just have like random shark tokens, timeless dragon tokens, just bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah, they're just so go, going back to Ad Nauseam Lands that also plays Cunning Wish. Um, yep. is, is, is that just like an, an idea of a deck you thought about that might be good right now, or is it specifically good under the current boundaries of the format, like Far Sots of Plowshares, Far Prismatic Ending being everywhere? Yeah, no, I think it's good under the current boundaries. Um, it plays full Pact of Negation and a way to like Ad Nauseam draw probably your whole deck. Um, yeah, the mana cost of the deck is like six. Does it play Angel's Grace? No, the mana cost of the whole deck is fifteen. When you when you cast <laughs> ad nauseum, if you cast the ad nauseum in your deck, it's fifteen. After that, including three cunning wishes, if you play a cunning wish for an ad nauseum, also oh, you don't have ad nauseum main deck. You have one ad nauseum main deck, so you have four profane tutor, and then you, oh, and then you have okay. three cunning wish. So the whole CMC of your deck is nine fourteen. The whole CMC of the deck is twenty. 
total. Mm-hmm. And so the moment you've cast like a Cunning Wish or an Ad Nauseum, it's less than 20. And you can, I guess, I guess you've probably taken some damage, but yeah, it's also, yeah, again, like it's a, you've got lots of the depth combo, you've got sagas, and then you've got okay. chalices and stuff. But then, then you, you end up killing with a Dark Depth still, because that once again feeds into like Sots of Plowshares and Prismatic Engine. No, no, right? you'll, you'll go off. So if you draw your whole deck, you can then cast, you've got like tons of fast mana. So you have loads of pedals, Mox Diamonds, Mox Opals. So that's a bunch of mana and one LED. And so then you make mana with the Moxon to cast another Cunning Wish, crack the LED for three um, red and get Lightning Storm. Oh, no, you can't crack the LED because you need to discard the lands. But there's 26 <laughs> lands in the deck. Yeah, I'm just going to copy it into the show notes so you can see. Oh, yeah, we, we should really do that. There this reminds me a lot of the, the Adnosium deck in, in Modern at one yeah. point. Yeah, it's quite similar. So, um, yeah. Oh, there's not of this world in the deck as well. So you can actually fight against lots of Plowshares in PvE. Yeah. At least so- once. So I, th- I, you know what? I was I was so ready to play like a kitten deck at our next monthly, but I'm now looking at this like right. I've got to. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I do think it's good. So this is my answer. Yeah, yeah. But it it also ties into the like how to attack a thing. Like yeah, swords is good against the merit age token, but it's like not good against the Urza Saga part of the deck. It's not good against the Ad Nauseum for Lightning Storm part of the deck. Um, you do have four Pats of Navigation and three Cunning Wish for Not of This World to fight against swords as well. Like yeah. This deck, uh, has this, this deck probably plays for where is it? Ursa Saga, yeah. Actually, yeah, so half the time you probably just like win by straight up Ursa Saga. Okay, so you have like three distinct right. aspects. You got the saga mm-hmm. aspect, the dark depth aspect, and the kill you out of fucking nowhere with a nausea aspect. Oh, it can it can kill you on your end step. Like if you or if you tap out in your main phase. Yeah. Because of lightning storm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, you you yeah. certainly increased my <laughs> well, I gotta add, respect though, like the... for the deck. This deck is a little hard to build though because I'm not oh, it, like but because most people who have who own the card ad nauseum definitely hate Charles of the Void, you know? Like you rarely have people who, <laughs> who, who own ad nauseum and Charles of the Void at the same time. It's so rare. Mm-hmm. Uh Well, this is where the beauty of proxies and magic online come in then. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's 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 freaks out there that just own everything. They'll, they'll have it. <laughs> Freaks. <laughs> Crazy people. <laughs> yeah, the people that have that have two Ad Nauseum and four, four Chalices. Right. <laughs> Kai, do you have both? Uh, well, I've... I got one Chalice of the Void last uh, two weeks ago at the <laughs> Etc. Tournament. I don't, I don't even know. But I guess now I have a purpose in my life. Now, now you can build towards yeah. this deck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're laughing now, but next tournament. I think the next, is the next tournament, tournament I mean, the ne- is going to be in August or September, from what I've heard. I mean, the next tournament is literally in three days in Sweden, right? The Legacy Man event. Ooh, better <laughs> so, find those two Tulare West. Uh-oh. Yeah. Wait, what the fuck are we doing with Tulare West? Can Tulare West find Profane Tutor? It can. Yeah. It, can get, oh, yeah. it can get anything in the deck. Deep. It's literally anything in the deck apart from Hex yeah, Mage, Ad Nauseum, yeah, and Cunning Chromox, Jazz of the Void, you can... <laughs> Dark Depth, Stage, Yeah, that's, that's the dream, right? Transmutularia West for Chromox. <laughs> wait, 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 no, no. Transmute it for Expedition Map to go and get a land. Uh, actually, no, you can't get Expedition Map, right? Oh, that's true. It's a one. Yeah. It's, God, I chose the one card you can't get. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We, we wanna... Honestly, I think if you streamed the stack, you would... Uh, Kai, are you going to be up to? Uh, well, I'm kind of down. Yeah, I, I just... Okay, yeah, I, I, I can kind of see streaming this. Um, you can even name the deck. I think nobody has uh, like called dips on, on naming rights for this. Oh, wait, like, how does this deck exist and doesn't have a name? I'm sure it does. 
I know I know Phil Gallagher streamed it recently, like did a video recently. Let me see what he called it. Um I don't uh, search for <laughs> I don't trust Phil with naming decks. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, In, yeah. Uh, something I've actually uh, played a little bit this week uh, and that I'm actually going to stream on the weekend is Maverick. Uh, somebody sent me a donation um, incentive to to play Maverick and usually like I, I take it, I, I build the deck and then I stream it, but with Maverick it's just like my one big love, right? Green White Maverick is just, that's just who I am. Like you know me as Enchantress Sky or I don't know, as, as Elf Sky or Pleasant Kenobi said, I'm the fucking lion Sky because apparently <laughs> I talked about fucking lions on, on a show of his twice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think I did actually. Uh, but yeah, Maverick, this is just my jam. And it, there's few things in Legacy that feel, that feel as good as going like Wasteland U, Tap Knight, Wasteland U again, Script Ranger, Untap Knight, Wasteland U again. Oh my like, goodness. Pass. Opponent passes back with like basically an empty board and then you crash in with your, I don't know, 12, 12 Knight. Uh, even though I cut some of the knights from the deck, I could even see cutting like the second one from the deck going down to two. But overall, oh, I love Maverick so much, and I also love building like very, very, very hateful decks with, with Maverick. <laughs> and yeah, I Ten think jokes. I went four and one on on the last league last night, and I think I played against almost mono combo. And yeah, I, I think against A and T, I think I had like fifteen cards in the sideboard. Like I didn't even even bring in some of the of the hate like additional chokes. I think I brought in like one choke or something because I had too much hate. And then even in the main deck, something like four Thalia and two Spirits of the Labyrinth. And I got rid of of Stoneforge Mystic, which is just like the card I hate the most. I, I never want to have it in, in Maverick, even though I sometimes do. So yeah, uh, I don't know if Maverick is underexplored. I have absolutely no idea, but I love playing it. <laughs> and maybe you know, just before before I left work today, I saw a list. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but somebody posted a list with Maverick with Minsk and Boo. Uh, that's the the new four mana planeswalker. That's unfortunately yeah. not yet on Magic Online, but we are getting a lot of reports that it's really good. Uh, Mark Folk played it at the etc. Legacy was pretty impressed with it. And I think in one of our Legacy chats, I also saw people talking about how good the card actually is. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's about time they uh, they bring it to Magic Online, but uh, from everything I understand, it's probably going to take quite a bit. Yeah, it's very good. I think it's like I mean, you make a four four trample haste, and then you can next turn like sacrifice it and draw four cards, deal four damage or something. Is the gist of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty powerful, but, but it's also like super cute, no? Like, it, <laughs> like is, is it like a squirrel or something? Whoa, it's a it's a miniature. Ch- uh, actually, I only know the charm name because I played the game of charm. It's a miniature giant hamster or something. Hamster, holy hamster. man, man, yeah, that's a vote for the cutest planeswalker ever. Right, so cool. Minsk is the opposite of cute. He's a little bit like daft. Oh, I'm not even talking about Minsk. Like, like, who cares about Minsk? You know, I, I only care about the hamster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're like one of the most beloved characters in all of of the Baldur's Gate universe. So yeah. Uh, also doesn't have awesome can't be pyroblasted maybe it's the next big thing like on I, I'm I can't say it's the next big thing but the next thing at least uh, Callum told us about the, the space kitten thing being really big maybe that's gonna be bigger but Minsk and Boo it's, it's gonna be this weird card because as long as it's not in Magic Online we will never really like get that feel for how good it is actually is it the best legacy playable card that's not on Magic Online right now um, I think these the curse is probably maybe Madden and Hex, yeah. Madden, Madden and Hex, Hex yeah. competes for it for sure. Yeah, I think between those two, the other cards that aren't on there is like the uh, the 
thing with like it, it costs nine mana or seven mana and it costs less for your instance in your graveyard in exile sailor's bane i don't think that card is good at all so what does it do it's a seven mana seven seven or five five it's seven 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 mana big big and it's got ward four and it costs one less to cast for each instant in your graveyard or exile and, oh sailor's bane i see it okay yeah. seven seven ward four uh costs nine and can go nine, down to okay. two if you yeah for each People were saying that this is going to be crazy in Delver, and I just think it's bad. It's got no evasion. It's and it's it's going to come down like turn five or six, and then Ward Four. It's cool, kind of, but it's yeah. a dragon turtle though. I mean, <laughs> we've already got dragons. But. Isn't that like an additional version of like burnt offering or something that that people talk about? That was Ethan um, for Michella wanting to play crazy combo decks. I've forgotten what the card is called, but it's really really old. It's not a new one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Otherwise, there's there's also a thing that combos with World Gorgon Dragon. It's like a five mana four four or something white card. Whenever it ETBs, you get you make a soldier token or something, and it essentially combos with World Gorgon Dragon where you make infinite one ones. That's uh, a thing. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know. I think it's just maddening hex and boon minsk, which which are very good and will be played in Legacy. Okay, so the one card that Ethan was talking about is Sacrifice. Uh, it's, I guess it's an instant these days. Uh, one black. Destroy one of your own creatures without regenerating it and add to your mana pool a number of black mana equal to creatures casting cost. Uh, I, the first th thing that comes to mind is something like um, Zombiefish, like Gurmagangler. But that's already a lot of work just to get a little bit of mana. Yeah. And then I guess you can cast Grizzlebrand or something. Like, yeah, okay. Then <laughs> the crowd mm. goes wild. <laughs> but yeah, um, guys, I think that's going to be it from today. I remember, like, right before the show, um, Kai was like, guys, how, how long do you think this episode is going to be? We were like, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's definitely not like, a two like hour de episode. Like, de like, de <laughs> like, the one thing you guys said was, like, definitely not two hours. Yeah, so yeah. we're two hours and 15 seconds right now. <laughs> <laughs> add to that the intro and a couple of things i'm going to cast here might exactly land at two hours <laughs> i do have to add one more thing i'm afraid it'll just take a second while we've been casting i've got a message from a friend saying i need to quote this because it says callum i'm obliged to inform you that you've made a law mistake in the most recent episode of the podcast so the last one you stated displace a kitten that you can sometimes see it sometimes not in fact, a Displacer Beast is so named because it projects an illusion of itself in a slightly different spot to the one it actually occupies, which is what the quote-unquote cutest thing you've almost seen line is referencing. And the effect is constant, making what you said incorrect. I expect a full retraction in the next episode. And then a friend said, yeah, Callum, fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> so I am so sorry, Jimu, for getting it wrong. Well, it sounds like Britain could also use the term in order authority. Somebody's going to knock on your door very soon. I'm going to stick with what I said. <laughs> <laughs> good timing yeah <laughs> awesome guys so um with that i think we're gonna call it a day if you want to support the running of the show you can leave a review on apple podcasts we we received i think more reviews in this year than at any year before so that that's like i, I keep saying it's it's basically the best feeling ever when, when you get a good review for for the podcast or even like when people tell you on paper that's like hey i listen to your podcast thank you so much for that if you want to join the Patreon community, if you want to get in our Discord, or if you literally just want to chuck money at us, there's patreon.com slash everydayeternal. And if you want to follow us, there's at eternalmtg on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to follow me, I'm at itsjulian on Twitter and itsjulian on Twitch. Kai, where can people find you? 
Yo, it's uh, Sawatarix on t uh, Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, on Instagram. Um, I also started uh, streaming again in Germany last week. So um, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, please, uh, you know, take a second and read out to Sawatarix on Twitch. Thank With you. With the awesome new voice of yours. Yes, lovely. Oh, cool. And Callum, where can people find you? I'm at Callum Smith MTG on Twitter. It's the best place for me. Awesome. So with that, we're going to call it a day. Big, big thanks to the people making this possible, um, especially those on our eternal witness tier. Tommy Hanks, Testacula, Sebastian Holaga, Guillaume, Hanawa Elf, Sean Dewey, and Severin Schwarzuber. And on our top Grizzlebrand tier, Victor Benatzt, Bajubat, Scott Monroe, Jeremy Gates, Henrik Korkutz, Tom Hepp, and Paragon Games in St. Louis. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. And tune in next month when we will explore how... Uh, this deck <laughs> did for Callum. <laughs> <laughs> See you. Bye bye. Cheers. Cheers.